Good morning. It is a Wednesday and a Would You Rather Wednesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn. He's Griffin. Today's program is brought to you by UMBC Basketball. Tonight, the UMBC women are at home. They take on NJIT. You want to get your tickets for that or for Saturday afternoon when they host Vermont. And the UMBC men back home next Wednesday. They've been hot. They take on Binghamton. America East looks like it's fairly open. Great opportunity for the Retrievers to keep stockpiling wins. You need to experience game day at the peak. Go to UMBCRetrievers.com right now in order to get your tickets. Trying to get the Would You Rather Wednesday scenarios posted. Uh, I normally like to post them to Facebook first because then I can copy and paste them to Twitter and then see if I need to shorten them in some sort of way. But um, Facebook didn't want me to do that this morning, so it's really screwed me up because I've got to rewrite them out entirely. I know that doesn't infect you in any way, but I'm going through it, and so you have no choice. A few minutes, our buddy Brian McFarlane. Of course, uh, Mr. Raven, salary cap himself, he will check in with us. We try to do this uh, every year with Brian, just to sort of um, lay out the Ravens' offseason, the reality of it. This obviously is a bit different because like, it feels like there's one thing. There's one thing. It's not actually true. There are other things the Ravens have to deal with. Like They do have to make some decisions about guys. But, yes, obviously it feels overwhelming in terms of the one thing that lays in front of them. So we'll talk to Brian about that. Um, it's, yes, it's, I don't know, man. It, it's weird because, like, it just feels like it's not a normal offseason. Even talking about, I had somebody message me yesterday, like, dude, you're not really putting all that much out there about the offensive coordinator thing. And I, And you're right, I'm not. The reality is what I said on Monday. It feels so weird to me. How do I talk about what offensive coordinator is the best fit in Baltimore if I don't know what the quarterback is that's going to be the fit in Baltimore? Like, what, what am I supposed to do? Break down what Chad O'Shea would bring to a hypothetical bridge quarterback? Or This is the bizarre nature of what's going on in Baltimore. Hopefully, it gets squared away. Hopefully. Hopefully. But, yeah, I, I just everything about this offseason feels very strange because there's a 10 billion pound gorilla and then there's anything else. Even talking about the draft, like, you know, there's multiple. I think Bucky Brooks and Daniel Jeremiah both have the Ravens taking Anthony Richardson in their mock draft. And those are guys that we always have on every year around draft time. And I'm sure we'll have on again this year during our weekly draft segments leading up to the draft. But, like, I, I don't even know how to talk about it because I want to say it's crazy, but I get I get it. I get it. I'm telling you I think the rubber should meet the road before the NFL draft. Joel Corey disagreed yesterday. He said that's, that's her next offseason. You just go ahead and play this thing out with a tag. But is there an argument that if you're going to move on from Lamar next offseason, you don't go ahead and already draft your quarterback this year and be prepared for it? I, I don't operate that way. I think that's nuts. You draft a quarterback when you need a quarterback. But if you love Anthony Richardson and he's, I, I can't, I don't know. Bizarro world, man. Bizarro world. 
But we'll talk to Brian McFarlane. We'll lay it out. Drew's going to join us as he does every Wednesday for better or for worse. And I don't know, stuff things. The whole kit caboodle uh, coming up on a <sighs> Would You Rather Wednesday edition of the program. All right. A um, couple of things off the top. Congratulations to Scott Rowland. Uh, he does get into the Hall of Fame. Todd Helton does not. He comes up just short, which was kind of expected. Looks like he will get in, however, in the next year or two. It seems like sort of a fait accompli that uh, Todd Helton's going to be a Hall of Famer. Interesting to see for the likes of Billy Wagner, for example, if those trends continue and he continues moving towards the Hall of Fame. There's a little bit of an anti-Scott Rowland thing out there. Like there are the there are the people that will say, if you got 10% on your first ballot, then the answer. You know, Drew talks about this a lot. We're like, you should just have one ballot. Like just have. Put them on for a year. No limit to who you can vote for. Is this person a Hall of Famer or not? And the argument from some is, if only 10% of voters, the first time they were presented with Scott Rowland, thought he was a Hall of Famer, how does this happen? And it's an interesting argument, because I, I am good with Scott Rowland as a Hall of Famer. I think Scott Rowland's deserving of the Hall of Fame. But I get the argument. The argument would be, are you really now voting for him because he's definitely a deserving Hall of Famer, or are you more voting for him now because you want somebody to get into the Hall of Fame? Because in in other years, there were more candidates on the ballot that you thought were stronger, and you don't want to just not vote for anybody. And it's an interesting argument that, that it's impossible to answer, right? Like, it's impossible for anyone to really sit down and say, because we, we criticize someone who turns in a ballot with, like, one name on it or a blank ballot. We beat them up. We make fun of them on the Internet. We suggest they should have their vote taken away. It's not. Stop. Well. But is there an argument? If they say to you, well, that's funny, because the last time you had the chance to vote for Scott Rowland, you didn't. Why are you voting for him now? Are they not more consistent? I think this person's a Hall of Famer or not. I'm not going to suddenly look up and say, well, you know what? Now that the ballot's a little bit clearer, now that Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens are off the list, um, you know, I might change my mind on this guy. I don't want to take anything away. I think Scott Rowland is deserving as a Hall of Famer, and I'm good with it. And I've always said I'm more of a big tent guy when it comes to the Hall of Fame. To me, if I think you might be a Hall of Famer, I'd go ahead and vote for you to be in the Hall of Fame. That's me, personally. That's Glenn Clark's opinion. Irrelevant as it might be. But I understand the argument for, are we just voting for guys for the sake of voting for them? I don't think that's the case when it comes to Scott Rowland, but I I get it. It's weird that so few people thought he was a Hall of Famer the first time, and then we got there eventually. In the end, I think it's the right... We got the right answer, so I'm good with whatever it took to get to the right answer. But it is... It's at least compelling enough to discuss. I've always thought that, as much as I make fun of Drew for everything i've always thought he was on to something with this remove the limit to the number of guys that you can vote for put them all on the ballot say you got to do your work you don't get to wait a couple of years and read more think pieces and 
see how the wind's blowing and say suddenly, well, everybody else thinks this guy's a Hall of Famer, so maybe I should vote for him. You got to do your work. That guy's eligible. You've got to figure out, yes, no, are they a Hall of Famer? Now, I'm opposed to completely removing them from the equation if they don't make it in the first time. I, I think that's wrong. But I get where Drew's coming from. What's changing? Public opinion? You suddenly feel like the pressure, there's pressure. Everybody else thinks so, so maybe I should think so as well. Why did they do like the 10-year thing to, to begin with? Well, it used to be 15 used years to be 15. on the ballot. Got they it. they they pulled it back to 10 years, and some people thought that was uniquely to try to get Bonds and Clemens off oh. the ballot, just because there was creating it was creating a logjam. The longer these guys were on the ballot but not getting in, it was maybe blocking other people from getting in. So that their argument might be for Scott Rowland, right? Like the argument might have been we moved it from 15 to 10 to try to get Scott Rowland in because in a, if it had continued to be 15. Bonds and Clemens would still be on the ballot, still not be getting in, and there might still be votes going to guys, Schilling, whoever it's, whoever it is, that would be taken away from other candidates getting in. It's it's unique. The idea was always, it th- this typically, I think the the threshold is five percent. You got to get five percent of the vote in order to stay on the ballot. JJ Hardy didn't get a vote. Did yeah, he? really, yeah. real shame for JJ. You got to get 5% of the vote to stay on the ballot. And so this unique problem that they've experienced had never really come along before. Like you'd never really had a situation where guys that should be in the Hall of Fame were were log jamming the ballot because not everybody was willing to put them in the Hall of Fame. It's unique for sure and there are still guys that are, you know, on that like I Alex Rodriguez, Manny Ramirez, there are still guys that are on the Hall of Fame ballot but aren't getting into the Hall of Fame that are taking up spots because not everybody can come to an agreement about whether or not they should vote for them. It's a, it's very complicated. It's extraordinarily complicated. I, you know how I feel about it. I think it's interesting. I think the conversation is compelling. I still think that at some point the Hall of Fame needs to purposely try to do something to get the steroid guys in to stop the nonsense. The ballot that they did this year that got Fred McGriff in that had Bonds and Clemens and Schilling on it, like that still was sort of stacked. It was the same group of voters. It wasn't anyone whose inclinations were, let's ignore the steroid thing and just vote on merit. I think at some point, I've said this for a long time, it's more embarrassing for the Hall of Fame. It's more embarrassing for the sport to not have those two guys in particular. Because I'm not, anybody else we can debate about. But those two guys in particular, we can't. Bonds and Clemens are Hall of Famers, no matter how much you don't like them. There's no debate. There's no, well, only because it's, no, these two dudes were two of the greatest baseball players of all time. At some point, the Hall of Fame needs to figure out a way to say, look, we're going to put together the right committee. We're going to put together the right whatever it is that's going to get these guys in just so we can be done with it. And if you guys don't want to show up for the induction ceremony, 
maybe we find a way to make this this unique that we do a special induction ceremony. That's one of the arguments that's been made is that the current group of Hall of Famers has sent letters and said, you put those guys in, we're not coming back that weekend. And it's all part of the pomp and circumstance in Cooperstown, right? Like all of the Hall of Famers are back every year. It's some religious ceremony of some sort. And I get it. It's meaningful to the people that are involved. So they say, you put those guys in, we're not coming back. We're not going to be a part of it. Now there's more pressure to not put those guys in. So just create its own thing. Say, look, we need to get this over with. We need to stop this nonsense. It's embarrassing for us. So we're going to create our own thing. You guys don't want to be a part of it? That's fine. We'll have a weekend at another time during the year, in November, whenever it is. Get these two guys in. Be done with it. If you're mad when they show up, they get their choice. They can show up at future the Hall of Fame ceremonies or not. If you're mad about it, Tom Glavin, whoever you are, I mean, I'm not – sorry. We just got to do this. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. But doesn't mean anything less for Scott Rowland. Good for him. Uh, happy for Scott Rowland. He and Fred McGriff will be elected into – or be inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame uh, later on this summer, so – you know, obladi, oblada. I'm not really sure what else there is to say about the subject. Uh, I think that's the only big news item from today. I, of course, was watching tennis last night. Tommy Paul uh, will be the second straight Grand Slam that there will be an American in the semifinals. But uh, he how's, how's Greg holding up? What? Because he was big oh, yeah, on he's Shelton. Big on ben Shelton. He yeah. loved well, Ben Shelton did get a set. It looked like he was going to get the, the swept out, but he did end up getting a set. Good for him. Um... You know, uh, Tommy Paul is going to go get his ass handed to him by Novak Djokovic. I mean, Novak Djokovic just destroyed Andre Rublev last night. I mean, beat his ass. 6-1-6-2-6-4. I mean, just destroyed him. And if that's what he did to Andre Rublev, my God, there's a chance that Tommy Paul might not get a game. Like, it could be bagels in the semifinals. But it doesn't mean he's not a semifinalist and he's got that going for him. And, again, just nice to see American men's players involved Save for that one John Isner run, we just haven't seen this for decades. So now to have back-to-back slams where an American man has been relevant, um, you know, it's nice for American tennis fans. I, I, the casual person doesn't give a rat's ass about Tommy Paul because you don't know who Tommy Paul is, and I don't blame you. I get it. I completely understand. All right, we're going to grab a break early just so I can try to get the Would You Rather Wednesday posted because uh, I'm getting frustrated by social media. Today's show also brought to you by PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. There is another offer on the table for you. If you've never signed up before with DraftKings, now's the time to do it. Because if you go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers and click on the DraftKings logo, new players who bet just $5 can win $150 if either quarterback throws for more than a single yard. In the Chiefs-Bengals game, that's pressboxonline.com slash offers to sign up right now. And pressboxonline.com slash offers. When we come back in, our buddy Brian McFarland, Russell Street Report. He is the, uh, the sort of the salary cap analyst and expert. We will break down, preview the Ravens offseason with him next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. 
It's the perfect time to sign the young basketball fan in your life up for a membership in the Retriever Kids Club. It includes free youth admission to all regular season UMBC home games, plus a t-shirt and a drawstring backpack. Membership is only $35. It makes a great gift. Visit umbcretrievers.com slash kids club for more info. Membership is available for kids 12 and under in the Retriever Kids Club. Again, umbcretrievers.com slash kids club. The latest edition of Press Box is available now, and it's our annual best of issue. On the cover, we recognize Orioles catcher Adley Rutschman as our 2022 Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, and he sits down with us to discuss how his arrival in Baltimore was simultaneous with the Birds' turnaround. Also inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of the year throughout the local sports scene. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Looking for some excitement in the new year? Laurel Park has plenty of live horse racing events to spice things up this January. The much-anticipated winter meet kicks off on January 1st, plus we've got special MLK holiday racing on Monday, January 16th, and the Winter Carnival Stakes on Saturday, January 21st. Winter may be cold, but the racing at Laurel Park is hot. Learn more about upcoming January events by visiting laurelpark.com. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point Boulevard. Tune in to Simply the Bets every Tuesday and weekend at Bookies every other Thursday at 11.40 a.m. And if you really have nothing better to do, keep listening to this show, too. All right, back in here on GCR. It is a Would You Rather Wednesday. Uh, I've got it up on Facebook. You can go find it right there at facebook.com slash Radio. I'm going to get it up here on Twitter in a minute. But uh, Would You Rather Wednesday scenarios are at least posted somewhere for you to get uh, figuring it out, get talking about it. If you missed Stan the Fan Charles and Ross Grimsley catching up with Matt Blood, Orioles Director of Player Development, earlier in the week, you can find it right now, facebook.com slash pressboxsports, youtube.com slash pressboxonline, or pressboxonline.com slash video. Great conversation with Stan the Fan Charles, Ross Grimsley, and Orioles Director of Player Development, Matt Blood. By the way, I did I posted about it on uh, Twitter and Facebook. I did uh, end up getting a copy of the Ravens 30 for 30 that's going to air next week. It's wonderful. Um, I'll share some more thoughts. I think we're going to try to have the filmmakers on either this week or next week, and so I'll share some more thoughts. I don't give. A, I don't really want to give anything away. I did share on social media that I was reminded that at one point, and I had totally forgotten about this line, and it's just two people that I, I love dearly, that John Madden once described Tony Saragusa by saying, 
he needs a little less head or a little more helmet. It was just one of my favorite things ever. Like, I just, I had such joy. There's a lot of things that'll give you a lot of joy uh, when you watch it, but that one in particular, because I'm just such an obsessed John Madden fan and love Tony Saragusa. Like, the reminder of that line made me very, very happy. So, um, can't wait for you guys to see it. And I don't want to, I just don't really want to say anything much more about it because I don't want to ruin it for you. It's, it, you're going to, you're going to love it. It's exactly what you want it to be. Um, this uh, 30 for 30 that the ESPN is going to air next week about the 2000 Baltimore Ravens. All right, uh, we tr- try to do this every year as the offseason gets underway. We'd like to check in with him uh, periodically. He is very, very good at what he does as far as being the salary cap analyst for Russell Street Report. Here's our buddy Brian McFarland, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Brian, it's Glenn. It's great to catch up with you, man. Thank you so much for taking the time for us as always. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Uh, Brian, I was talking about this beforehand. This is the weirdest I've ever felt going into a Ravens offseason, like by far, because it almost feels like what the hell are we even doing talking about anything else? Like, I I know we should talk about Ben Powers and we should talk about Chuck Clark and there are other things that we should discuss. But Jesus Christ, like it's it's like the (laughs) sun is just staring at us, and we're like, hey, but do you see that one cloud over there somewhere? Like, it, There is one thing that is so central to every conversation that we have that it just sort of feels like everything else is nonsense, right? Yeah, for sure. Obviously, that elephant in the room of what the, what's going to happen with Lamar is, is definitely, uh, I mean, it overshadows everything. And as you mentioned earlier, the you know, the, the uh, offensive coordinator uh, decision, um, pretty much everything. Uh, any You know, who are they keeping, who are they getting rid of, and obviously getting a long-term deal done make, is one, is, you know, is, it makes, makes one set of cap issues, but if you got to tag him, it's another set of cap issues, and if you tag and trade him, it's a different scenario. So, yeah, absolutely, it's, it's pretty much all up in the air. So let's go through those three, if we could, Brian. Give me the the ramifications of all three scenarios, of playing on the tag, of tag and trade, and then just getting a deal done. What do all three of those things mean to the cat? Yeah, I mean, the worst, obviously, is the tag and keep him because that's going to be $45 million against the cap. Um, unless they get, and they would have till July 15th to get a long-term deal done. But if not, he stays on the cap for the year at, at you know, 45 million. And that means, you know, that's going to mean having to make some really difficult decisions, uh, as far as some, you know, guys like Calais Campbell or Chuck Clark or guys, you know, they would prefer probably to have back next year, all things being equal, but, um, yeah, so that's the, the worst scenario, the tag and trade is a little easier you I mean they could agree to a trade at any point um obviously they have to you know Lamar anybody trading for him has to speak to Lamar um as far as getting a deal done because they're not going to trade for him without having a you know a, some kind of deal in place which creates a, a really odd dynamic of usually it's the agent okay the Ravens say to the Lamar's agent you go out and see what you can find and you know who you want to sign with and we'll work, then we'll work right. on trade compensation. But it's really weird saying to Lamar, go talk to the general manager of, you know, the Falcons or, I mean, it's just a weird dynamic. And, and to be honest with you, I mean, cause obviously the, the, um, you know, the fully guaranteed contract being the, 
you know, the big issue of if he had an agent now, that agent would know <laughs> if somebody's going to give him fully guaranteed. That's fair. You know, I know it's tampering. You know, I know it's tampering and all, but you know, they would know, and that's the weird dynamic now. Is and could, and then if if, if nobody was going to offer it, it would be done. But if somebody's going to offer it, then he's going to say, "Hey, I want to be traded there." Uh, correct. All of these things seem to be true. So, I, I, I still don't have it. This is the funny thing. I still don't really even have a great gut feeling, right? Like, I, I guess I'm defaulting to the gut of it ends up being a tag situation just because it's the one that's sort of the least dramatic of all of it. To your point, it's not. It's not ideal. It's not good, but it's sort of the least dramatic. It's the least you know, explosive of the three scenarios. So I guess I'm just defaulting to that being the way this thing plays out again. But there is a part of me as, and and I'll admit openly, Brian, I, I, I can't fathom the Ravens becoming the first team in football history to have a franchise level quarterback and just move on from him. But there's a part of me that says, look, if you still aren't sure that you want to do this, then, then maybe it is just time to go ahead and make a trade and get it over with. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, I, as you said, I have no, I have no feel like I've been wrong at every turn in, in this in in this saga. So I would have thought they would have gotten it done year, you know, two years ago, and then last year. So um, yeah, I I don't have a great feeling with it either. And I agree, probably the likely scenario. Um, and you had Joel Corey on yesterday, and, and Joel is fantastic, right? Um, with this kind of stuff, and you know, and you know, his his, his thought of probably punting until next year probably is the most likely scenario. Um, they don't seem to be interested in trading him. I, you know, whether that was lip service, um, you know, cause you can't come out and say we're trading him. Um, but you know, or whether that's the way they really feel. Uh, but that's, I think that's, I think that probably is the most likely scenario. If it is a tag and trade, I mean, I, I would have to think, the first thing that Costa did this off season was go to Lamar and say, do you want to be here? Right. You know, and if, and if the answer is yes, then okay, let's work on it. Or you have to understand we, you know, we have the tag in our back pocket. Um, but if you don't want to be here, you know, then I would think if the, you know, the NFL combine that gets taken care of. I, I don't think, I know you guys were talking about, you know, by trading and by the draft, but I would have to think the Ravens, if it's going to be a tag and trade, they're going to do it before the off before the new league year, so that they can do what they need to do. If they, right. they wait till the draft, then free agency is gone, and you know any other way of improving the team, uh, plus the you know having to pay put the tag on the cap until then. So I would think they would have that worked out. If that's if that's the scenario that's going to play out, I would think that happens before March fifteenth. That makes sense. It makes. I'm using the draft only because of like the need scenario, right? Like sure. You, you just sure. don't want other teams to have already addressed quarterback, and then your market closes in on you. But to your point, if somebody addresses it with Geno Smith, right? Like that's one less team that's on the table that you could be dealing sure. with. So, and obviously, you want to use that money in order to make the team better. It's just so insane that we're talking about this. But before I move on to the rest of of this, Brian, if I could. One thing that I keep harping on, and I'll let you, you know, tell me if I'm crazy, tell me if I'm onto something. I keep saying that I, I don't know that the answer is the problem's fully guaranteed and the Ravens don't want to do it. I, I don't know that, and I've even been told that there is a possibility that Lamar Jackson would be willing to find a number that isn't fully guaranteed, um, but it's just more than the 133 that, that has been reported to be on the table. 
But that being said, I, I keep struggling with the people that say, well, it's crazy to give a fully guaranteed contract to a quarterback because everything I've ever known about quarterback contracts are they're all fully guaranteed. Like, it's it's wink, wink, nudge, nudge because you don't say they're fully guaranteed. But tell me the quarterback who's ever not gotten all of their deal and, frankly, gotten more than that because the first time you had a problem, you went back to your quarterback's contract and gave them more money in order to create flexibility. Like, I'm so struggling with why it is that we're so worked up about the idea of the words fully guaranteed when whatever contract you give Lamar, it seems like he's going to get all of it no matter what. Yeah, I mean, I think there's, I mean, if you look at guys like, even guys that, you know, that uh, that sort of failed, uh, you know, Jared Goff is still kind of playing under the series of contracts he got starting with his big rookie deal. I guess Wentz would be the one, the one big contract that, you know, quarterback contract that fell apart pretty quickly. But I think you're right. I mean, when you're talking, if, you know, 133, even at 133 million fully guaranteed, there's no way Lamar is going anywhere under that deal for three years because it would be cap suicide um, to move on. And, you know, I guess when you get to that number, the biggest concern, if you went to 250 million fully guaranteed is, you know, if you had that catastrophic injury, and it's fully guaranteed. I mean, it would your your cap would be. I don't even know how. You, I mean, if you you know two year, two years later I had to you know carry eighty million on the cap for for a quarterback who's no longer playing for you. And I know that scenario. I mean, these days with you know modern medicine is is unlikely. But that's the only real argument I would see is that if if things turn out. I mean, you could look at Russell Wilson with what he got. I mean. If, if he has another bad year in Denver, I mean, what what happens then? I mean, they they really still can't get out from under the contract. So, um, and so I guess that's the I guess that's the cautionary tale. But I mean, Russell Wilson could, could easily bounce back next year and have a great year and be the quarterback they expected. So, it, it is an unlikely scenario. But that would be the only argument I can really I can really see for it, other than just precedent, I guess. Yeah, and, and that part obviously is the to me the more significant part, which is that you this is a franchise that doesn't want to be the one to rock the boat and doesn't want to be the one that gets stink eyed at the owners' meetings and all of those things. Like I that to me is, right. seems to be notable. Uh Brian McFarlane with us here on G C R. All right, Brian, let's talk about the other stuff because we have to. It it seemed like for all of the sort of non-answers or dodginess of the Ravens end of season press conference, and I get it, that's how these things work. They're not they almost can't give you straight answers in these scenarios. But it did seem like the one thing that was kind of most clear is that they probably don't think Ben Powers is going to be a Raven moving forward. Yeah, I mean, you know, he got the uh, proven performance escalator last year that jumped his salary from like, I think it was about, we should have been 900 grand up to about two and a half million. And, you know, I speculated and a lot of people wondered whether that would mean his exit from the, uh, from the roster because of, you know, at that point he was looking like a reserve spot starter, but he really, as, as we've seen before with a lot of generally our pass rushers, but uh, defensive players, but guys who, you know, really blossom in their last year, right before free agency. So, um, you know, um, you know, you know, uh, kudos to him for, you know, for putting it together. And, you know, obviously it's certainly good timing for him because it probably does, uh, you know, probably especially with, with, again, the specter of Lamar's deal and whether it's 
22 million on their cap because it's a long-term deal or, or 32 with the non-exclusive tag or 50 or 45 with the exclusive tag, that's going to take up a lot of space. And that probably means, uh, again, guys that they, I'm sure they'd love to have him back, but it probably means he's, uh, you know, he's, priced himself out of town it does seem and you brought up Calais Campbell earlier but it, and, and I know obviously Chuck Clark's at the center of this it seems like there's a number of places that it's it's unique and it's one of the reasons why we talked about you know broadly that they're maybe not in salary cap hell necessarily it seems like there's a lot of places where they could go to find some money if they can get partners to work with them and obviously that means you have to give extensions but like right now why wouldn't you be inclined to go talk to Kevin Zeitler about his number trying to get it down and tacking on a couple extra years? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I mean, I, I kind of assume, you know, with if, if Clayus Campbell wants to come back and, and Zeitler, uh, them getting the, um, the you know, the Marshall Yonda treatment, as right. I call it. You know, the last, the last couple of years, Yonda was on a series of two-year deals. He'd finished the one. He'd get to the last year, and they tack another year on, and they did that, I think, three years in a row. Um, so, yeah, that's, I mean, that's a way of, of keeping the guy around. Um, I mean, Calais, heck, two years ago, Calais took a pay cut. Um, he earned it back. He did earn it back through incentives. But um, so, I mean, those things are, I'm not saying they, you know, he deserves a pay cut now or anything like that, but it's certainly options. There are certainly options out there, and those would probably be the two um most likely ones to, you know, get some cap relief and, uh, you know, add a tacky year or two on. Campbell may not meet, see that second year, but Zeitler could easily see a second and third. Sure. Oh, sure. I mean, the way he played this season, Jesus, man. <laughs> my, my God. Um, the Chuck Clark thing, of course, is a little bit more compelling. Does it seem like that's more of a scenario where, you know, like he he feels like, hey, I could get a good deal on the, if I could hit the open market, I'm not necessarily going to be enticed to, to talk to you about this. You're going to have to let me go free because I think there could be big money waiting for me. Yeah. I mean, and he, he certainly had a nice year. I mean, obviously, you know, wasn't necessarily expected to play as much as he didn't. I think he, I think he had the most minutes on, or most snaps on the defense um, this year. So, yeah, I mean, and he's a guy they might be able to trade for a, a late round pick, obviously with only five draft picks and as much as they like draft picks, even though, DaCosta said we're fine. Um, you know, that might be, I don't know that they're going to get more than a fifth or a sixth, but I mean, that's, you know, if it turns into another Chuck Clark, cause he was a, I think it was a six round pick. Um, you know, so that's, that's certainly an option. There's about, about 3.6 million in savings there. And, you know, he might just, he, you know, he may say, look, uh, I want to, you know, I'm not going to get the opportunity here. I know Hamilton's going to, you know, get more snaps and, you know, I want to go somewhere where I can, you know, play, play full time because I don't see that happening next year. Yeah, that's the sense that I get. I, I, I get that sense about it, which is a bummer because to your point, I thought he played well. I think he's he's been basically everything you could ask, especially given the circumstances, you know, handled it like a pro's pro. But it just sort of seems like that's going to kind of come to an end at this point. Um, and then give me the picture, Brian, before I let you go, of everybody's talking about, you know, of course, the, the, the biggest problem besides Lamar Jackson that uh, what the Ravens face is they don't have wide receivers on the roster. They'll get Rashad Bateman back, and so they've got one, we think, um, but that's the extent of the list. DeAndre Hopkins' name is being thrown around, and we believe he's available, and probably not all that expensive as far as what you'd have to give up in a trade, but... What would the reality be for trying to acquire the contract of a DeAndre Hopkins? 
Yeah, I mean, they would probably have to, uh, and that would be, you know, as they've done when they acquired Bolden back, you know, back in the day with the trades. And, um, you know, they would, I think he's due like, oof, um, he's due like $34 million over the next two years. So they would have to, and again, this is where they would, you know, talk to, you know, the Cardinals would let them talk to him ahead of time. And, you know, they would, they would work that out to take that, 17 million or so, which would be what his cap number would be for the Ravens. Um, they would take that and um, I'm sorry, actually 19. So they would take that turn, turn a lot of that money into a bonus, spread it out over, you know, probably a four year deal, whether he play, they expect him to play all four, maybe five year deal. Um, yeah. So he's due, he's due 19 million next year and then 15 the following year. So, um, so they would turn a lot of that into a bonus Obviously, he got that huge contract the first time he was traded. So, and then I guess there's a question of is he a is he a twenty million dollar a year receiver still, or is it something less than that? And that you know they would, but they would try to work that out with him ahead of time. And if it works, then they would make the trade and then convert that uh, over to a new contract. And okay. that nineteen million, they could take it down to ten, you know, something like that, eight or ten probably. Is that doable if Lamar's on the tag? Uh, it would be really, really difficult, and I'm sure that's one of the one of their selling points, quote unquote, to a long term deal. Is like, look, if we can get a long term deal done, that first year cap number is well is always low on a long term deal. So while it might be a 50 million a year contract, we can get that yep. number down to 22, or kind of where it is now, and then we'll have enough space to go get a guy, you know, get you your receiver. So I'm sure they're, everything they're throwing against the wall to try to make it happen, I'm sure that's one that's definitely going to come out. Anything else that we should be monitoring? Anything? Any other name that you say, hey, just keep an eye on this. This could be interesting in the next couple of weeks. No, I mean, there's. it always seems like there's, you know, there's one unexpected cut. Um, I guess the one interest, well, there are two other interesting ones. Gus Edwards, obviously, again, the guy they would prefer to have around, but it's a four, almost a $4.5 million cap savings if he's gone. Um, you know, if they have to find cap space, that's that's a place. And Devin Duvernay is an interesting one, too, because he earned the proven performance uh, escalator. And because, of course, it was only special teams, right. but uh, because he made the Pro Bowl, his, he got his salary jumped from about a million to uh, 4.3 whether that might be too much i you know it's kind of the the ben powers from a year ago whether that's too much uh, or not um and of course a lot of that again will all depend on you know if they have to tag lamar at the 45 then a lot of these guys you prefer to keep around and maybe aren't that expensive but maybe become a little too expensive Dude, it's always great stuff, man. Um, incredible insight. At Raven Salary Cap on Twitter is how you follow him. Of course, RussellStreetReport.com is where you see all of his stuff. Uh, as hopefully we, we come to some sort of resolution, uh, I, or not, in the coming weeks, <laughs> right. uh, you know we will be in touch, my friend. Always appreciate you taking the time Sounds for good. us. All right, thank you. Appreciate it. Brian you guys Mc... have a great day. You too, right. dude. Brian McFarland, uh, Russell Street Report, checking in with us here on GCR. And, of course, from one man with very valuable insight to a man who's going to make a will-likely joke or something, I'm not really sure. We go directly from Brian McFarland to Drew Forrester of DrewsMorningDish.com and 105.7 The Fan. Did, were those headphones not to your liking or something? Like we, 
There's no sound in those. In those. Well, that doesn't seem ideal. Maybe we can get uh, Griffin to take a look at that because I think uh, our buddy Rami is stopping by to train a little bit oh, more today. Oh, that'll be good. What is your What is your deal? What do you have for me today? What What is this? What is this oh, going to be? With what? What? I, mean, are, I haven't seen you in three weeks. I'm ready to go. Let's fight. About what? What do you want to fight about? What do you want to fight about? I'm sure we're going to fight about something. What do we want to fight about? I don't know. What what do you care about this week? I don't, honest to God, don't even know what you care about. We know they're starting the PGA Tour event today. Right. They're playing Wednesday through Saturday because. Well, they don't want to. I'll fight you about this. It's so embarrassing that they won't just let Andrew Catalan call the golf tournament from the golf tournament. Like that's embarrassing. Is, is it, yes, Nance is going to sit in and the, then leave. He's going no, no. He's going to sit in the stadium in Kansas City, calling the golf tournament from the stadium in Kansas City. You, yes, you that's know a that? fact. Oh, gotcha. They they did it. By that the way, is weird. Yes, it's so. Just let Andrew Catalan right. call the golf. He's very good at he it. He is very good. He's the next guy. Right. He's, he's going to take just say job. Andrew, go on out there. You call the golf tournament this week and. Next week, Jim can go to Scottsdale. Like what? so, Nance will be in Can. Oh, he's in Kansas City, right? Okay. And they don't even. Um, they don't even try to bamboozle you. They know that there's a thing called private planes, right? I, <laughs> Doesn't Jim fly on a private plane? Oh, uh, of course, Jim Nance flies on. Fly, you oh, think okay, there's no. any chance that Jim Nance is hopping on United? No, 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 right, right. I mean, I'm saying. So yeah, it's weird. Hey, it's Jim, bizarre. the golf tournament ends at. <clears throat> and I do understand, like. He probably gets there tomorrow. Yes, and you got to do all the meetings all, and but stuff. You, uh, it's weird. Yeah, you know. couldn't yeah, send just, him. You couldn't send him hey, there Jim, earlier in the week. Off. Yeah, that's that's right. what it comes right. back to. Right. For I me. agree with you. You couldn't just say, Jim, it's one tournament that nobody cares about in January. Well, be careful. Stop. You, you know be what? Be careful <laughs> being overly critical. For God's sake. Yeah, right. It's a January golf. I mean, tournament. this is like you saying something about Farrah Fawcett when I was twenty. <laughs> uh, be what? very careful. <laughs> You're right. comparing the Farmers Insurance Open to Prime Farrah Fawcett. <laughs> yeah, there, there like is he, no comparison. He's up on that. That's like, compari- no, it's like comparing Roseanne Barr to Jennifer right. Aniston. Right. Like, chill, man. Right. You can't say to the dude, just this one. Right. We'll see you next week. Sit this one out. Scottsdale. You love Scottsdale. Who doesn't love spending a week in Scottsdale? Yeah, where are they next see week? See you then. It's where are be, they next week? Pebble Beach? Next week's. I. Oh, do they, they, they change it to make sure that Scottsdale is the same week as the Super Bowl? Well, this year they did. They did this year. Yeah, okay. Scottsdale, the tournament is at the right. Super Bowl. It's the same week as it's the, the same Super weekend Bowl. Scottsdale. Right, correct. So next week are they Pebble Beach? They Probably, must be. I guess that must be where they would, they because they would have to do that in order to move things around. Yeah, right. They wouldn't be at Pebble Beach the week after because then that's Riviera. And is that at CBS? Which is Tigers. These are all CBS. These are all CBS. So we can't say to Jim Nance, we'll see you at Pebble Beach next week. Pebble Beach. Scottsdale. Yeah, it's, it's Pebble Beach. Probably. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's Pebble Beach, Scottsdale, then the the Riviera. Right, so that's that. where Tiger's going to limp around. Oh, is he's going to well, go? Well, maybe. Okay. I mean, it's his event. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, and he, okay. All so right. he'll, right. he'll, he'll remember uh, last two years ago, uh, didn't go so well for Tiger after, oh, uh, right. yeah. after the Genesis. Yeah, it was, that was where it happened. Yes. Wow. Yep, two years ago. I've already forgotten about all of these right. things. I've already forgotten yeah. about it. So Tiger, all right, Tiger well will be getting a ride to the course this year. Probably. Probably going to have a driver right. this time. Right. That's all I really had for you. Thanks for okay, stopping I appreciate by. you guys. Appreciate Good seeing you there, Garrett. We'll see you boys next week. Drew Forrester, DrewsMorningDish.com. Today's show also brought to you by the Toyota. I don't get water here, so I have to bring my own. There is water if you'd like oh, water. Yeah, we can send Griffin back to get you some water okay, if you we're prefer. Good. I mean, right. we can we can work on that. Don't don't ask for anything else. No, I won't. <laughs> don't ask for like a coffee or something like that, but we can get you some water.
Today's show also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. You are in the... I am hooked on Ted Lasso. Next, you're going to tell me you're into Seinfeld. <laughs> Am I late to the I, Ted you're Lasso? Very late to the Ted Lasso part. I love Ted Lasso. Extraordinarily late. I'm to through it. the first. Well, it's year. wonderful. We agree I'm on that. Through the first year, and I'm into the. You know, she's now having the affair with, with the, the 21 the player, year old. Right, yeah. Yes, correct. Like right. you, I, it lost me a little bit there. Why? Uh, what? what? I just is, don't think that that's... I do. I, I here, think a lot of what they've done has uh, been very... Now, uh, you got to understand yeah, something about yeah. the show. I, 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 have an, a, I have a direct relationship with this show because... <laughs> no. Listen. <laughs> the show that came out three years no, ago. Because, no, I'm, He just discovered because, because he's got a direct relationship. No, I, I do. Because I had Jamie Tart. On my team in the soccer business, okay, and I had Roy Kent, okay, I had those guys, okay. So they, you willing so, to name names? Doesn't really matter. No one knows who they are. I know. Anyway. That's why I'm asking if you um, want to name names. But I had those guys, and and they're very real characters, very real. Oh, I, they, sure. And and I didn't have, I didn't have them. Um, well, anyway, I, I I can identify with those guys, and I can identify with like the English part of it because. I was around English soccer players a lot, and I lived in England for three months in 1993. Like, I was, I'm around that. So a lot of what they do and a lot of what they say, I have a connection with. So, I'm still confused, but ben, why did you wait this long? I didn't know. Well, the entire world I didn't was have talking Apple about Plus. this television. Oh, I know. I didn't have why Apple Why did you get Apple Plus? I didn't. Oh, you're doing it illegally. Yeah, sure. You know, you could have done that two years ago. I know. Like, they didn't we suddenly... Don't, dude, we have a 10-year-old. We, at that time, we had a 10-year-old and a 12-year-old. We I've don't watch a, TV. I've got a 7-year-old and a 5-year-old, and I figured out that when everybody on the planet was talking it's about the awesome show, show, maybe I should take a look at it's it. It's an awesome show. It, now, I the first year was remarkable. The second year, it's gotten a little... Uh, the, I would say that this, this um, affair between the 60-year-old owner and the 21-year-old kid... I don't know if she's supposed to be 60 or not. I don't know how old she's supposed to be. Yeah, I mean, she's I she's, she's quite fetching. Right? I mean, like, but that's a little far fetched to me. So, it's interesting you bring there's that. There's not up. a there's not a billionaire I, soccer owner woman who is gonna hang out with a twenty. No, I'm not. No. I'm not. Okay, th- it's it, far fetched. There's there's two interesting things here. It's far fetched. The first thing being, it's it is inappropriate, and they never really address that. They only address like the inappropriateness of the age. They don't really address the fact that like this would be a major scandal. This is an employee. And I just took all of the courses for Odyssey. The Correct. Other so now Jesus I'm, Christ. I'm really yeah, nervous. Right? You know about all your biases. Like, I'm not allowed. Oh yeah. yeah when, it, right? when it said at the very beginning of the Odyssey Jesus thing, when it said Christ, when it said something like, "How many? How how much bias do you believe you have? None. Oh, I just a little bit. I, somewhat." Or a lot. I'm no, like, no, a there, lot. There was an option for I don't know, and I just clicked I don't know. I just oh. put a lot. Yeah, why not? And then it came back and said, correct. Yeah. <laughs> you can move forward to the next part <laughs> of the, the quiz. I was so mad because I kept Jesus. getting the the first uh, two of them. I got all, you know, you do the little quiz at the end. I got them all right. I got 100 both times. But the third time, I kept getting 80. And mm. I'm like, what mm. is going on? I'm right. clicking all of the different answers. Yeah, I was every so combination mad. that you can give. Is it one, two, and four? <laughs> is it one, three, and four? I was is so mad. One? I'm like, I'm biased against this thing. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, anyway, no, this is the part that bothered me about it. Not I. I the storyline actually kind of worked for me. In, well, in, it works because in, in the course of the show, she's desperate for right like affection. It, it worked within the course of the show. Her but, husband trotting around with that twenty-five-year-old hottie, right? And so, like, and there is a parallel to be made. Like, why is this acceptable, but this isn't? Right? Oh, like, I all, shouldn't call her a hottie because I think that's a bias. yeah. It's a bias, one hundred percent. You're not supposed to do okay. that. <laughs> By the way, the, the golf show is supposed to come back next week. Yeah, right. Drew's about to get a phone call. Right. 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 <laughs> right. Um, no, no, no. I, I the issue I had is they never addressed the power dynamic part of it. They never addressed the the real issue. It isn't the age thing? The real issue is this is your employee. You're. We all know now. Oh, Sam needs a new contract. R- I'm happy to do that. That's the part they never address. Is why it's actually he hasn't been playing that well. We're back up. It right. doesn't matter. Right. They don't address that part right. of the inappropriateness of it. That was the only issue I had with the entire scenario. Right. Is it it worked other than the you just left alone. It actually makes you a heel. Like it makes you a villain in the same way that once upon a time there are a bunch of dudes that thought it was just okay to like sleep with their interns and things like that because it was well, they're a consenting adult. They can do whatever they want and never considered the power dynamic part of it. Yeah. What? Don't you, what are you trying to say? <laughs> you sound <laughs> trying to say something out loud. You sound like a man. It's, uh, let's I'll be very it. clear. I'll leave it alone. I had no power. I'll leave it. <laughs> I had no power. I got you. I'm good. <laughs> there was no power dynamic. My wife looked over at me during the darts scene and she said, "If if you're crying, if He's that's so obsessed a, with Ted Lasso. If that's a, this is so funny. If that's a tear, yeah, you can sleep on the couch tonight <laughs> because you didn't you didn't cry at our wedding. Oh, okay. they, they hold over. Okay. By the way, Garrett, yeah. let me give you this little tip. Yeah. And everyone listening yeah. who's never been married, so it's okay. It's what he thinks my son's name is too. Listen, when you get married, listen to me, everyone, loud. Mm-hmm. Listen, when you get married, you must cry ah. at your wedding. I'm glad you bring because this up. if you don't. It will be held against you for the rest of your life when you stumble upon something in your wiser, more mature years that brings a tear to your eye. Right. It will always be held against this you. This is relevant. I, however, so cry. I went with the plan of get so drunk on your wedding day that nothing that happened can be held against okay, you. Okay, well, like, like, I'm just telling eternally, you, if you don't cry yeah, at your wedding yeah. and then you are moved to cry at anything in the rest of your life, the Capitals winning the Stanley Cup. My wife said, "If are you, Did you really cry about?" I that? said, "I'm going to cry." She said, "If so you cry, you you have to stay out here for a week." Oh boy. Yeah. Oh boy. And I'm like, oh "Well, boy. get me some blankets." Yeah, right. Drew's going to be here for a minute. When this face-off happens, yeah, I'm crying. Right. Drew's really excited about Ted Lasso. I love you, Ted Lasso. Have you heard about Friends? <laughs> it's a uh, six no. young people. They all move. They kind of live together in New York. It's a whole thing. You should look into it at some. point. I never heard of that. It's quite the television. Sounds like it. I mean, I'm thinking about making a show where you get this bar and you uh-huh. and, and you just get Maybe a group a, of, about a mailman. You get a group of people. Well, yeah. You can do a mailman, sure. Okay. But I've got this idea where Maybe, you get a bar. That, will he go on Jeopardy at some time? At some know, point? But you just get a bar and you it's put all these people around and he has no idea. No I know, right, right, right. No clue. Anyway, whatsoever. Ted Lasso is awesome. None, <laughs> zero. Yes, Ted Lasso is a good show. Be I'm curious, not judgmental. There is one more season coming. Yeah, it's coming and, up, and it is coming up soon. So at least you'll be on for that. Right, like, I'll at be least right you'll up the be, par. Right, you'll be right on board for that. All right, uh, you and I did not talk last week, so your reaction to the press conference was what? Um, I'm just trying to piece together like what exactly. I'm trying to remember what exactly transpired. Um. Nothing out of the ordinary. I, I'm so, and I think you are too. Like I am, I'm so stunned at people who think the Ravens are going to get up there 
and tell people what they're really thinking. Mm-hmm. They're not doing it. Mm-hmm. And and now your counterpoint to that might be, well, then you shouldn't do it at all. Uh, okay. But you can. there were some things that you could have gleaned from that the other day if you really picked apart at it and you listened to what Eric said. Um, Eric didn't say that it's difficult to negotiate with Lamar because Lamar likes to talk via text. He didn't say that, mm-hmm. but that's the truth. That Lamar's not easy to negotiate with because Lamar doesn't like to talk. He likes to text because he's 25 years old. And everybody, that's yes. what they do. Right. right. So Eric didn't come out and say that directly, but Eric did say it's a challenge to negotiate with Lamar because we're usually in two different two different places. And then Eric said, like today he was in the building. So I chatted with him for a few minutes. Mm-hmm. But in the normal course of their lives, Lamar's a texter. So if you listened, Eric did give you a little something. But for the most part, they're not going to tell you what they're doing. They're just not. Correct. There's too much at stake. Dismissing Lamar, I mean, not dismissing, but in addition to Lamar, there's too much at stake otherwise, whether or not it's the coordinator. I mean, they're doing their very best right now. You you, you could tell, right? They're doing their very best right now to paint themselves as an organization that it has a lucrative position open. Yet, we all know... There's, if you don't have Lamar If you Jackson, don't have a quarterback, it changes correct. the whole dynamic. Now, if you're... Shadow Chad O'Shea, right. and this is you're your making 500000 yes. and the Ravens come along and say, hey, how's a million two sound? Mm-hmm. We don't know who the quarterback's going to be. Chad O'Shea's going to say, who what cares? time do you want yes. me to come to right. Baltimore? Right. right. So this, this, these Neanderthals in But town, to your point, if the guy you want is someone who is in demand and has other options, if Chad O'Shea also has a call on the table from, and I don't even know who the this Chargers. Would be. Yes, correct. He, he, who do need an offensive he might, coordinator. He might go there. He'd say. Because they know who their quarterback yes, is. exactly right. right. 100%. Yeah. So, but these people in town who, who continue to beat these, uh, both media <clears throat> and fans, mm-hmm. who beat these guys up for what they don't say at the press conference, they're not going to say anything. That's up the, and by the way, that's as I wrote about just this. Not. Like, this is the way that I operate now. I don't go. And that's fun. Like, I, I, I wasn't even in town last week, so it wasn't an option for me. But I just don't go. I could have written the whole thing before they went. Right. Like it's, it's, it's fine. I, I still think they should do it, right? I still think that they have to do it. There, there's an obligation for you to go out and take the questions. But for me to pretend like there's some world in which they're going to go ahead, let, let's lay out everything we want to do this offseason. John, were you, you disappointed that Lamar didn't play uh, the last seven games of the year? Dude. Disappointed is not the word. I was pissed. Are you kidding me? I can't believe he didn't. You think he's going to say that? They're negotiating with him. Like, they're, they're trying to get him to come back to play for them. No one's going to badmouth him. No one's going to say anything negative well, about or on the, flip the side, offensive if, coordinator. If they've decided that they're moving on from him, they're not going to do it because they want him to be more valuable in a trade. Correct. Correct. So, anyway, I thought it was... You know, I thought it was what it was. It was what I expected. I didn't really anticipate them saying anything. I, I understand why they did. Why I understand why they did. Why they handled the Roman thing the way they did in terms of allowing him to release it. I get it. Again, people are going to say whatever they want to say. Uh, that John fired him, which isn't true. Um, and people are going to say that he, you know, that the the Ravens. We're backed into a corner like they had to let Roman go. Mm-hmm. I, I, they they didn't have to do anything. 
They knew, and I think Roman knew, at the end of the day, he knew. Like, this this is the end of the road has come here. Mm-hmm. And it's, he knew it's it. It's just over. Right. And he knew it. Right. And and John didn't have to fire him because Roman came in on Monday and said, if you're going to do this, just tell me and do it today. And to John's credit, John said, "Let me give me a day to sort through some things and come back in here tomorrow and let's chat. And John, and, and I'm sure Roman's might have even appreciated that like okay no problem i'll be back tomorrow in the meantime roman's calling his agent saying hey be ready get start getting on the horn like this is not going to work out because john would have told him right away on that monday mm-hmm. greg what are you talking about right you're right you're a valuable part correct. Of this. You're, this is, here. you're here you're the offensive coordinator for this thing yeah right correct. so when when john said why don't we meet tomorrow morning talk about the season have some coffee roman knew right away and he went in and called his agent and said, get the thing put together. Here's my quote. Call the Chargers. I'm ready. Like, everybody, I thought it went exactly the way it probably should have gone, in fairness, for a guy who had been a very valuable part of their organization. And John's not going to take a leak on him because John's trying to hire the next guy. Right. And he wants the next guy to know that that it, it's a good place to work well, and, and that you want to project stability you want to project an organization right. where you're you're not you're not coming here at risk of getting fired you're not coming here because there's going to be a crazy boss that walks in one day and says right. you know get rid of this guy right. you're not coming to work for Dan Snyder you're so you I thought it went exactly the way that it was going to go uh, and the fact that they let Roman announce it an hour before their press conference kind of told you that like there's no there's no hard feelings. You it you you had a nice four year run here. You made four million dollars. Um, did you get beat up a little bit? Sure. Were people unfair to you? Yeah, maybe. But it's part and parcel of the job. Like you're going to get beat up. The, it is what it is. The issue with trying to project stability is that none of it matters if you don't know who your quarterback is going to be. Well, I would agree with like, that. It, it's I mean, utterly irrelevant if you don't have no a question. quarterback. And and I'm sure that that's the the. The first question you would ask, if you put yourself in the shoes of these potential coordinators, mm-hmm. the first question you ask is, what's it pay? Right. And the second question you ask is, who's going to be the quarterback? Correct. Right? Correct. Now, but it, and it, goes, it even goes a step beyond that, right? At every level of the organization, and I, and I think you know this from having dealt with them, you can deal with someone who has nothing to do with football in that organization. Anytime a quarterback is hurt, they are on edge. Everything about an NFL franchise is structured around one thing, the quarterback position. If we feel good there, then we feel good throughout the bill. Everybody feels good when you feel good about your quarterback. Even when you didn't have Lamar Jackson, even when it was Joe Flacco. You talk to anybody in that building, the year that Joe Flacco was coming back off the injury and they didn't know if he was going to be there for the start of the season, it was anxious. Mm -hmm. There was anxiety within that building going into the season. The moment that Joe Flacco showed back up, all's good. Mm-hmm. And this wasn't even Lamar Jackson that we're talking. This is Joe Flacco that we're talking right. about. This is the way that, that it works in the NFL. You feel exactly as good as your quarterback situation allows you to feel within an organization. So every layer of it is, hey, we can say we've got this great defense, and we can say that we've you know got stability, and we can say that we're one of the best organizations to work for, all of those things. But at the end of the day, everything centers around, but do you have a quarterback or not? Because we can do the bit where we say, well, it just doesn't make sense, or like, Lamar is being unreasonable. You can say whatever you want to say. The penalty on the flip side of not having a quarterback or a stable quarterback situation is hell. And it's not just not having, because you take a step beyond that. Even if you have a 
I've, I keep hearing people like this week talk about bridge quarterbacks. Like, who would be your bridge yeah, quarterback? I've heard about it today. Like, Derek right. Carr, Jacoby Brissett. Like, Geno Smith, would, any right, of right, these right, guys. Right. They, they are exactly good enough for you to win enough games and not draft your next quarterback. Like, they're yeah, you, you go 9-8. and eight, You might squeeze in the playoffs and get beat like the Seahawks did. That's exactly did. what the Seahawks did. The yeah, Seahawks right. had a bridge quarterback who was perfectly good enough for them to have a problem. Like the, it did nothing for them right. to have a yeah, solid. You, you're better off just going three and seventeen, three and fourteen. Thousand percent better. Just three and fourteen you and go draft not, somebody. There is, there's no. Which, comparison. by the way, which if you are the Ravens doing this, there, there, there really aren't that many teams that you can make this deal with, because of the fact that they're not going to draft in a high enough spot. The Texans are clearly the one team mm -hmm. that you could go to and say, hey, let's make this work. Right. You, you, Sean Payton coming in there. Sean, you want Lamar? No problem. Give us three number ones. Give us the one you're taking this year. Mm -hmm. Right. Now, if you now, now when you get that kind of um, – now when you get that deal on your plate, then you, then you sit down and you really start evaluating and you say, okay, what, do we want to do this? Do we want to give this quarterback away? Eh, not give him away, but you know what I mean. Do we want to – do we want to let this quarterback go to Houston? And do we want these three picks and, and three more? And so whatever? strongly about whoever that quarterback would be that yeah, you're Stroud or there, whoever right, it is, right? right. So, so the, the, it does limit it does limit who you can make a deal with and how you can replenish your quarterback spot right away. It does limit you a little bit because there aren't that many teams in the top, say six, mm -hmm. who have enough picks that would warrant you making a deal with them. Which, of course, fundamentally goes back to the question of, is that the trade-off that's worth it for you to save face and say that you're the team that didn't go fully guaranteed? Which, again, we still, we're prefacing it on the idea that we think that that's what this comes down to, whereas I have been told a few times it's I, not I, that black and I, white. And, and I would say, and again, like I, I hear the same thing. I mean, I hear this over and over from them. If, if Lamar comes in and, and takes X, they're, they're, they want to pay him. They want to sign him. The the only issue is they're not going to give him a guaranteed contract, and that. But it, it, but if it but creates if, it creates two separate problems. But right? if he just like, walks in today and says, and I'm, again I'm just making up this number. Right. If he just walks in today and says, "Hey, I'll take two hundred and eighteen million and give me one hundred and sixty-seven million of it guaranteed, and give me something, something, something," the Ravens would say. When you went to press conference. The, the, the irony of that being, one, I have been, like in the minimal reporting I've done, I've been told that Lamar would be willing to do that, that it's not fully guaranteed or nothing. It's not as black and white as people are portraying it to be, that it's just the number that was out there, the 133, it wasn't going to be that, right? And that's like, fair, right? Maybe, like, it's, maybe the number, maybe it's 170, right? Mm -hmm. Whatever the number is. Um, and so much of this is, a, and I, I always say this, like, I always say this about, when people are complaining about the team and this not happening. I had a friend of mine last week, I wrote about this last week, where a friend of mine said, biggest problem with Harbaugh, Harbaugh sucks. Biggest problem with Harbaugh is he never corrects any of the mistakes in practices. They make these mistakes in the games, and then they don't correct them in the practices. And I said to my friend, I'm like, well, that's interesting. How many of the practices have you right, been to? Correct, yes. Yes. What, well, I've never what, been what to, do you know about? I've never right. been to any. Okay. Well, you just... Right. You, you're just uh, you're talking out of your just ass. Yes. Stop talking. Yes. So the same sort of goes for this. And I'm not saying this to be disrespectful to any of the people that report on this stuff, whether or not it's uh, all the mainstays, Schefter or Rappaport or whoever, wh whomever they are. Mm -hmm. But uh, unless you're getting that information directly from one of two people, mm -hmm. Lamar? Or Eric DeCosta. Or Eric, or... Mm -hmm. 
or maybe Pat Moriarty, because Pat, once once the numbers start getting thrown around, Pat would be involved. Mm-hmm. But if you're not getting the information directly from them, then you're not 100% and, sure and you're I getting would, the right information. And I would go a secondary part, unless you're getting it from both of them. I think that's been one of the things okay. that I, I have been quick to try to criticize about, specifically the reporting about Lamar's injury, that there was one place where it was all coming from. Everybody was getting their reporting. Whatever they were doing, they weren't getting it from Lamar. They were getting it from one side of the equation. Now, which isn't to say that it's not relevant, right? right? Like, it's relevant. Right. But there's an awful lot of comfortable things that were being thrown around without there being another side to the equation. Like, that there's... You gotta be you 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 gotta be talking. You you have to get the information from the source. And again, neither one of them. Yes. It doesn't behoove either one of them to give out mm-hmm. any of the information, mm-hmm. right? Um, well, and one has historically been more difficult to get information and this, from. And this is where I would say, of all of the things that have happened, mm-hmm. the that the one mistake that Lamar has made without uh, to me without any question is the absence of an agent. That that's the one mistake he's made. That this process, to me, would have gone a lot better overall if Lamar would have had an agent. I I am inclined to agree with it. It's pointed out whenever you bring that up. But, hey, if he had an agent, that agent probably would have been in a rush to get a deal done around the time that Josh Allen did and would have ultimately left money on the table in the process, right? Like, there's always a flip. Maybe, but we we wouldn't be going through this. There's that. Yeah, I mean, we wouldn't be going through this. And I think an agent – and and this is the thing, too. Like, this is where the team – and I did this. I dealt with – I did this exact. Well, we didn't pay our players two hundred million, but no. I, I yeah, but you, I, you didn't pay them two hundred million. But, but I dealt with, and, and I, I will even tell you, not like, even I, Billy Ronson. So I'll tell you, like Timmy Whitman never had an agent. So when I sat down and talked to Timmy, it was just Timmy and I, right? And I'll use Billy Ronson as an example. Billy Ronson used a guy in Baltimore named Ben Neal, um, and it was way easier for me to talk to Ben about Billy's, the good and the bad of Billy, than it was for me to talk to Timmy. It's just easier. I I, I could say to Ben, Ben, I got to tell you, you think Billy's worth X. I got to tell you. Right, of course. Billy didn't have the kind of season. By the way, rest in peace, Billy Ronson. Um, But Billy didn't have the kind of season that you think he had. It wasn't easy for me to say that to Timmy. Sure. Sure. So, Eric, it's not... it's not easy for Eric to say to Lamar, it, whether or not it's by text or by phone or in person, it's not easy for Eric to say to Lamar, bro, you haven't played in December in two years. Let's just cut to the chase. Like, we're nervous. You haven't played in the games that have mattered to us. But, Whereas he could say that to an agent. Right. And whether or not you think Eric's right or wrong for saying that, it's, not, it's neither here nor there. All I'm saying is you, 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 it's very difficult to have an honest conversation with a player that you want – that you covet, that you want in good spirit, it's hard to do that. And Jim it's Jim not Hedeman that Jim just wandered in. Legends oh, in good. our presence this morning. And it's not that it's not that hard to do with an agent. It's just not. You you can have a much more open, direct conversation with an agent, and you know I, I agree. I, you, I know because I did it. But right. you, but you also know that the agent is also going back to the player. And telling yeah, him this is what this is what they're saying, like, but, but it's not coming from you. To, it's not as awkward right. as as coming from you directly. So I, I, I would I would say in all of these things, this is where the, and 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 again I'm gonna I, 
I'll use Roquan Smith as an example as a sidebar to this. I would say that Roquan Smith cost himself twenty or thirty million dollars, but he he it might not matter to him. Yeah. But I would say that Roquan totally went about it the wrong way, but he might not care. Like he should have said to the Ravens at the end of the year, "I want to be back here." I want you to know that right away. Right. I want, but let uh, me uh, let me go find out everything. Right. But let me go wander around for three weeks. But, but presume- and the Ravens aren't going to say to Roquan right. for sure. And he should have known this because they weren't going to say to him, "Dude, you got one week." But but they, Roquan was at a part where he didn't know that for sure that he could. Right. And it's an awkward spot. Right. Because he, he probably knows- in his mind he says, "Well, you got to use the tag on Lamar, so I'm gonna. You're not going to be able to use the tag on me, so I can become just a free give me agent. two weeks." And I'm going to walk around and I'm going to call people and, hey, hey, Packers, how's it going? Good. What are you looking for? I'm looking for 110. We'll give you 110. Right. No problem. Right. Hey, Falcons, what's going on? Hey, what are you looking for? 120. We'll give you 120. But, he could but come back to the Ravens. Side, if, if they get a deal done with Lamar, then they're going to prevent him from doing that because they're going to put the tag on him, right? Like they're But gonna... that's why you do it quickly. And, you, and the season ends and you're on the horn. But anyway. Sure. But I'm saying I, that, I think, again, it's, I, I think we all know that that's happening anyway. Like, I think we know that. Well, it's not happening with him because he signed already. Well, I but I think right. I, it's not. Roquan has someone he works with. It's not an agent, but he has someone he works with. I think we know that that person already done their work to figure out what the market was. Like, not how sure. many teams are there that, that are willing true. to give you that right. amount of money? Um, we got to grab a break here. I we, I do want to play Would You Rather Wednesday when we come back nah, in. Good. Okay, we don't have to do that if we don't want to. I don't care. What the hell do I care? I have no are we going to argue about something or not? Uh, we can argue. The only thing that you and I are really going to argue about is the, the, the fully guaranteed thing that you think it matters. Like, it, 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 it just doesn't. It's so irrelevant. It's so quarterbacks well, always they're not, get. They're not giving it to him. They, and, and it's just, it's just right. dumb. Like, it, by the way, I don't think they have to necessarily, but there's no reason. It's insane if that's the reason why you let your quarterback walk. If you let you become the first team ever to lose a franchise-level quarterback because you're afraid of two words that you're going to pay anyway – that you have to be criticized for that. You have to be beat up over the words themselves because you're giving Lamar Jackson all of that money if you're giving him a contract. Whatever the contract is. Once you give him that, you've lo- you have no leverage. Leverage for what? Leverage for anything. Performance, anything. You but have, you, you have you're no not going to have that leverage anyway. You know how these contracts are built. It but, is poison but, to threaten to release a quarterback because their cap hits are so damning that you can't do it. But you cannot. Get into a situation where you have no leverage at all. But you're not going to have leverage sure doing it do. the other way. Sure what do. do you think the leverage is? That you don't have to pay him $250 million if you, he keeps doing this every do. December. You can't get rid no, of them. No, you don't. Drew, you not know. Not at all. You know, I know you're not this dumb. You know I'm, how quarterback contracts work. You can't release them. You can't do it. You, you would be putting your team through hell. You're, but you don't have to pay. Sure. But you're, you're going to put your team through hell if you give them $45 million. Or fifty million this year, like the, if you have to franchise him, if you franchise him, you're coming back with yes, it's mainly the same. That's team. disastrous, one hundred percent to play on the franchise right. tag. There's no doubt to do that. But the notion that it's any different between fully guaranteed and not fully guaranteed simply isn't true. Like the, you, you're going to have to pay the guy all of the money because you can't afford to get out from underneath it. Russell Wilson stinks, and there's nothing the Broncos can do about it because that's and he's not fully guaranteed. But that's the Russell way the Wilson co- stinks. Yeah, I don't know if you've heard. Like he's not any good. When did that happen? Yeah, I know. Really weird. That's We're how the contract take their work. offensive coordinator. The, yeah, that's true. <laughs> the dead space in the contract 
The dead hit on your cap is so damning that you're effed. You can't get out from underneath it. There is okay. no leverage. I, I, I would agree with that. Uh, you, you, but there's leverage that says you, if you don't perform, you won't get the money. There is leverage there. But they know that's not true because they know you can't be released. Like, they I, I, know. I think you're wrong on that. I think you're wrong on that. Now, I will agree that the team knows if we let him go and it, it, it impacts our cap, we're going to pay him $21 million this year, and he's not here. More than that. Well, whatever it is. Yeah. I'm just saying how they work the numbers. But the It's poison. Uh, okay, but you can say to him after – the second year, you're not playing in December. We're letting you go, and he doesn't get the money. You, but, you know, and you've lost all of that ability. But he, everybody knows within football, you can't do that. You, you can do it. No, you're just not gonna. Your argument is it's gonna crush your cap. So it, then it's, it's not just gonna crush your cap. It's going to make it so that you can't have a team. Like no, I don't know about you, that. You can't do anything. We could always you go back and get Flacco. You could do that. Next year, the Russell Wilson's dead cap space. $40 million. It, No, you wish. $107 million. If you, if, if you cut him. If you get rid of him. I love it. $107 million. That's called fully guaranteed. I love it. You can pretend like the contract isn't fully guaranteed because it doesn't say the words fully guaranteed. What was his total guaranteed. deal? Uh, I don't remember off the top of my head. Like 160 or something? That sounds right, right? It was something like that. But that's a full guarantee. Should have given him 200. You can't get rid of Russell Wilson. It's fully guaranteed. It just doesn't say it's fully guaranteed. All right. To lose a quarterback over these words is insanity. Well, like, got, but he does have to play in December. It's also insanity. Don't get he me wrong. Play. I want him to play in December. Right. Like, I understand. Right. And there's if they know he's got a degenerative hip or something like that, I get it. Move on. But to move on, oh. I, don't, oh. I don't think he does. I want to make oh. that abundantly oh. clear. I'm just saying that there are reasons why you would move on. Or if he's said to you, I'm not going to play here. Like, there are reasons why you would move on from him. But to lose your quarterback put over these. Put that on these, Twitter real quick. <laughs> sure. Glenn Clark <laughs> just says he's got a degenerate. Glenn Clark. Yeah, right. If to lose, I did your, that once. I made up a story once. It was only yeah. How'd that go for you? Right. To lose your quarterback over those words when the words are meaningless. The only difference is, you know, John Colson tried to remind me yesterday is you got to put all the money in escrow up front. Like that's it. That's the entire difference of the scenario. I and do wonder too. It's a far I, bigger problem if you're just cash poor and can't do it. I, and I do wonder. I do wonder if if that's an issue also. Like no, it's a, I, I, it's I've fine, never, but I've it's a big had, problem. I've never had two hundred and fifty yeah, million, so I don't know what it's like. It's a far bigger problem. But when they say, "Oh, by the way, you just signed him for two hundred fifty million. When's it going in the account?" You're like, "Well, right. I only got to give him twenty one million next year." No, no, no. no. no this is the way it yeah, works, right? right. right. Like, it's so all, I do wonder about that. Like, I, 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 know I certainly that, I know understand not banks. wanting to do it. I know there it. are like, banks I, around who yes, would do that for you for a little piece of the action, but. That's interesting I, too. I, like, I get why you don't like it, but and again, then the other thing from Steve's standpoint is, and I realize if you had a press conference and you ask Steve this question, he's not probably not going to answer it. But hey, Steve, how long do you think you're going to own the team? Like this how, is how, much we, longer do boy, you think I, you're going to own? We had a, the a team? very interesting off-the-air conversation about this yesterday. How much you? How long? Do you, much longer right. do you think you're going to own the team? Because right. dot dot dot. Right. If you're thinking in the next year or two that you that you might want to sell it, mm -hmm. do you want to sell it with the quarterback in tow, 
and the two hundred and fifty million you owe in, mm-hmm. or do you want to be able to say to the new owner, "You're not really incurring any future debt"? Yeah, now, but there are also, some, you also don't have a quarter, right? But I mean, there, there are always going to be future debt contracts. You right. got the coach on the contract. Yes. You got plenty of guys under contract, but none of them are to the tune of this. Yes, but you're going to pay like you're paying the money on the salary cap every year, no matter who you're paying. Oh, sure, it to, sure, sure. Right? Like, I mean, the worst the, the worst case scenario is you have to be what the Jaguars were for years, and you just have to give your own players that aren't good enough more money in order to get the salary floor because you couldn't right. sign anybody. Like that's the bigger problem is that you end up giving the money out in bad ways. That you By the way, I think right. the Ravens are playing in England next year. Don't a you? A lot of people think that. I Titans is the rumor. Seems like. It seems like that could end up being the case. Well, it went so well for them last time. <laughs> Why wouldn't they want to? Yeah, back? I mean, if I'm John, I'm probably going to say to the guys, there will be a few things we're going to do different this time. <laughs> Maybe. You think that's the case? All right, when we come back. Uh, in, i got to clarify, it was 160 guaranteed for, for Russell, Russell what was the total value? 240, 240 with a five-year extension. Nice. Yeah. I think the Broncos were thrilled with that. And, and again... It ain't fully guaranteed. I think the Broncos. But it sure as hell fully so, guaranteed. So therein lies an, a, a, an issue too, right? Like if you're, if you're the Ravens, and do you? And I'm not saying they do. I'm asking, do you put any stock in in those sort of circumstances? It was, it was brought up by Brian. Where this is the first time there's ever been this type of issue, right? It's the first time where you've ever seen a deal like this. And this is not that dissimilar to what. Peter might have what what might what might have happened with Peter Angelos in the in the years when he wouldn't spend any money, and some team would sign a guy for a hundred million dollars. AJ Burnett would sign for a hundred million dollars, mm. and the Yankees would cut him in three years and still owe him sixty. And Peter would say, "I'm not doing that." But what was the trade off for that? You didn't have any. They players. were terrible, that's, right? I mean, like right, that's right, what right. this keeps coming back to. So the like, Chris you, Davis thing, you can you can bring these things up, but what are you measuring it no against? No doubt, and that, and there's the difference, right? The Yankees, the Yankees signed Jacoby Ellsbury. They gave him a hundred and twenty million dollars. He hit. 211 and had 24 home runs mm-hmm. and his back blew out and they wasted all that money and so you know what the Yankees answer to that was we'll just go get somebody correct. else whereas the Orioles gave Chris Davis 161 million dollars and they said we can never give anybody any ever, any money ever again right correct. so when you're when you're the Ravens now and you're faced with this dilemma do, do these and I'm not saying they should or they do I'm asking do these quarterbacks that have Taken this big money and floundered, do they impact you at all? But there's only one. Well, f- for now, right? Right. I mean, I mean like I, I certainly, I, you can say that you're worried about Kyler Murray. I mean, Tom I Brady's guess. never earned any of his money. Yeah, right. That son of a bitch. That guy's just been stealing money for a long time. I'd love to see him here. <laughs> one year. What is wrong with you? One year. What is wrong with you. Let's just bring Brady in <laughs> just for the fun of it. Just, <laughs> just one just year. For fun. No. By the by the way, there's an argument in Arizona for doing that, right? There's a legitimate argument sure. for. We're worried about where this is going with Kyler Murray. Just bring Brady in. If you could somehow get the Bucks to agree to do like, you're either going to have no quarterback or you can have Kyler Murray. And we get a year of Tom Brady, then we can figure this out afterwards. Right. If I'm the Cardinals, I'd be inclined to try to think about a scenario like that. But you know he's playing somewhere next year. Oh, he's a thousand percent. What the yeah, hell is yeah, he yeah. going to do? Right, right, right. I think he's going to divorce his wife. Right. She's gone. Jesus, he's, he's got nothing. We're going to go sit and call games on Fox. Right. Forget it. Right. Forget it. He's Somebody playing. said the other day they were going to they were going to give him like forty million. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, to, it's insane. To it's be insane. The, to well, they were going to have him do other things, too. Like, he was going to have... It wasn't just the games. Is, is shirt on Did you off? read the story he's, about... His like, shirt's got to yeah, be off the whole time, know. right? And he's getting close to 50. Doesn't matter. Have you off. seen him? Yes, I agree. Um, <laughs> did you read the story about, like, Tony Romo's mailing it in? 
Like he no. shows up for games now and he hasn't even studied the defenses. Okay, because like, he's he's getting seventeen million dollars a year and he's just mailing bored. it. Bored. Correct. He's not. In, he's like this is too cause easy because they told him they told him he couldn't call out the plays anymore. And oh, so, they did. Like two years ago. They oh, told I didn't him know to that. Stop calling out the okay, because he knew he knew yeah, before the right? other teams like, knew. They told him to do that. Right. And so now he just sort of doesn't care anymore. Who's winning this weekend? I really, I really don't know. Oh, I do know. No, you you know who's winning. Re- well, you know oh, who's C- winning in the AFC. Cincinnati? Of course. Yeah, I don't know. And it might be the same way they just beat Buffalo. Might be. It, it might they, be. They might no, beat them 30 to 17. You. I hear you. All right. All right I got to get a break. Because Vinny Iyer is going to join us in a few minutes to talk some draft. I don't know what you're doing. Are you draft? Yes. I don't it's know. January the 25th. I understand that, Drew. <laughs> the season's over. <laughs> like, well, I'm not talking about the draft. Okay, that that will you can. I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm talking about golf. Do it. Yeah, Get the leaderboard yeah, up. Exactly. Right. Get the you leaderboard up. The, Come on, man. We're not talking about the draft. Jim Nance is sitting in Kansas City. Well, you can leave. I tell you what, we'll do. I'll would you rather here. Wednesday now? I'll uh, stick around. I'm getting paid through noon. I'll yeah, stay. That's right. G- gambling can be fun, but you should set a limit what? and stay within. <laughs> What? You should listen. You should set a limit and stay within it. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. All right, let's do Would You Rather Wednesday, then we'll take a break and talk to Vinny Iyer after that. Uh, scenarios are up facebook.com slash Glenn Clark Radio or at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter for Would You Rather Wednesday. Number one, would you rather the next Ravens offense coordinator is someone with serious experience like, say, Frank Reich, who okay. apparently they're interested in, according to Jeremy Fowler, or one of these young, hotshot up-and-comers with maybe some new and fresh ideas, like a Chad O'Shea or a Zach Robinson. I think I'm good with the with a new guy. Okay. I, I, I do. And no disrespect to Frank Reich, um, I I think I'm okay with one of these new guys. I Bring them in. Give them their, you know, I mean, they come in, they're hungry, they're eager, um, maybe they've got some fresh ideas. Are, are they going to m- make a mistake or two? Sure. Um, it doesn't matter who we hire anyway. We're going to hate him in three years. It doesn't matter if it's Frank Reich. It doesn't matter who it is. We're hating him. As sure as the sun rises That's, in the east I every mean, day. You're not going to get me. We're hating him. If you can, we can argue about anything else. No, you're not going to get me to argue about that. We are hating the That's offensive the way it coordinator. Works. It doesn't matter who we get. We're chasing him well, out of town. For a season, we might be okay with Oh, yeah, yeah, For yeah. one season. First year, and by the way, they get that, a free. That might be why it makes sense for Frank Reich. And it, come for a year, the first year, do the Gary they get Kubiak a free. It's like I wrote this last week. This right. is not that different than what's going on with Kevin Willard. Right. Maryland has played. There have been five halves of Maryland basketball this year that have been arguably the worst halves of Maryland basketball in twenty years. That have been horrendous. Okay. And if that were the former guy, mm-hmm. he would be getting absolutely filleted. And no one said a word about Willard, but that's the way it goes. But if this happens next year, then it's going to start to get a little different. And by the third year, I, we want him fired. Too. I don't think it's quite apples to apples, but I get what you're saying. It's close. I get what you're saying. So the first I, year, this guy's going to come in next I, I year. I think. I think you're ignoring that. Like, I still think that he's getting more out of this group than could be reasonably expected. Well, that's part of it, but right? some of these performances have been well, horrendous. I, I, the, the first halves, uh, uh, for the most uh, part, uh, have been disastrous. Yeah. So, but if. If the new guy comes in next year and they open with the Colts at home and we win 31 to 13, right away everybody's going to go, up, oh, we got our guy. We and if the next week they play the Browns and the 34 20, we got our guy. Right. And it'll be that way until week 11 when they play the Steelers and they lose well, we 16 We worshiped at the altar then, of Gary Kubiak right. for one season and then right. 
if he'd come back the next year, for sure, we would have hated it. No doubt. That's the way it would have Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, I would say, but give me, give me the give young guy. Give me the young guy. Griffin. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I'm in agreement with Drew. I mean, like, uh, of course you are. Cla- of course. Cla- classic I mean, error at, on your Of course you are. Look at Mike McDonald. Like, everyone was, after the Dolphins collapse, like, I feel like we're going to hate the guy for, it's gonna probably on a weekly basis, just depending on what happens. Um, so I think someone has to get the blame. That's the way it works. I'm gonna the only argument I make to the flip side. I'm surprised nobody's made this argument. Is I'm gonna root for it to be the because exp- Frank Reich isn't taking this job if he doesn't know that Lamar Jackson is going to be his quarterback. Frank Reich is not. Oh, I wrote coming, that last week too. He's like, not. There's no veteran here. offensive coordinator Correct. taking the job. So if you don't. So think Lamar's if coming. Frank Reich gets the job, it makes me feel like. That's settled. Or like they, Byron Leftwich. They know. One of the, eh, Byron Leftwich's never been a. He's not. He's in that. Right. He's in that ilk, I guess. But those guys aren't taking this job if they don't know. The young guys, to your point, they don't really care. They just want a job, right? Like, New house, million dollars. So, given the uniqueness I mean, of the circumstances, is it fully in a, guaranteed? In a t- yeah, right. In a typical scenario, I would agree with you. But given the uniqueness of this scenario, I'm going to say Frank Reich because I only think he takes the job if he knows that Lamar Jackson's sticking around. Million percent and agree. that solves a problem for me if it ends up being a million that percent case. agree. Number two, would you rather for the next five years you trade players and coaches, everything personnel wise, players and coaches, with the Kansas City Chiefs or with the Cincinnati Bengals? Um Oh, man. Yeah. Mm. This is where you give me I mean, credit. This you is, say, hey, man, that's really yeah, good. That's, that's, good. That's, a, that's a good one. You're yeah, doing This is what Harbaugh good. does. That's yeah, a good question. Right, right. When you don't want to answer it. Um, man, this is close. Because they've got, you know, they, they all have, the Chiefs don't have the wide receivers that no. that the Bengals have. Um, but the tight end's really good. Yeah, I don't know if you've heard I said yesterday, I might be leaning towards... I, th- I think the jury's out on Zach Taylor. I've n- I've followed it enough to really know. I mean, Reed, I, if they win this Super Bowl this year, the Chiefs, and maybe win one more with Mahomes, like, Reed could go down as a top-five coach in the history of the league. It's an argument, absolutely. And, and, and people don't put a lot of stock in this, but it does matter. And this is where Belichick, even though a lot of Belichick's guys haven't had an inordinate amount of success... Like, the coaching tree matters. So Andy Reid Andy Reed will have a couple of Super Bowls, and so will John Harbaugh, mm-hmm. right? Like, I don't know, man, because I, I don't know enough about Zach Taylor. I think Burrow is clearly a, a star. Um, he's the second or third best quarterback in football. No doubt. I mean, could be an argument he's second. Yes, absolutely. This kid in Kansas City is right. incredible. Right. Um, so it's a, it's a great question. I don't think you can go wrong either way. I think the Bengals have better helmets. Mm, you do have that, but you're not getting that. Remember, uh, you're trading. They're you all going to the be helmets. wearing. They're all going to be wearing purple. They're all going to be wearing purple. Yeah, our helmets every, are terrible. I understand that. Worst, How do they ever win? Come on, we got to get. We got to get to it. Get, uh, give me the Bengals. All right. I guess I'll say Chiefs. I'm Patrick Mahomes, uh, assuming uh, Travis Kelsey can stay Travis Kelsey for five years. Part of this is I'm so tired of the insurance commercials. Okay, like, I, I, just, I'm just so, I don't know, dude. So every fed up with every them. time Andy Reid says we're gonna get to the I'm gonna get to the bottom of this, I pop. I, I know I, it's I know. so good. But the Bengals it's receivers so are really good, so I mean it's no. But I here's match. the best argument that was made by someone uh, was they're winning the Super Bowl by the way. The best argument that was made was we've already seen the Chiefs have been the first team to ever prove that they can do it with moving on from their wide receivers. 
Right. That's the answer. Like that's the for five years that at some point the when Bengals, they got rid of Tyreek Hill this summer, I was right. like, you guys yeah. are insane. Correct. The Bengals will have they won't be able to pay all three of these guys that no type doubt. of money. Right. So the question is, is it the same thing? What we talk about is the totality of it. Like it's overwhelming when they have all three of those dudes on the field at the same time. But if they can't keep that moving forward, if they have to make choices, do we know with certainty that it's the exact same? Right. We know with certainty it's the exact same in Kansas City because it's already been proven. I thought that was a quality argument, and that flipped my that yeah. flipped me because I started on the Bengals. That flipped me. Over I just went with the helmets. Right, the and then day. finally, this uh, I don't know if you saw this story yesterday. Uh, you go back to your mid to late twenties. All right, you got a buddy. Your buddy says your best friend says Drew. I want you to meet the person that I'm dating. Okay, they're also same age, mid to late twenties. Okay, you either find out the person that they're dating is between the ages of 45 and 54, and now he's going to be ha- palling around with you, or you find out the person they're dating is a 23-year-old who, for medical reasons, looks and talks exactly like an 8-year-old. This is a story that popped up in the New York Post yesterday about a popular social media person who is dating a gal who had a medical incident related to cancer treatment, who is 23 years old, but looks and talks exactly like an 8-year-old. I'm pretty sure this is going to fall under the bias thing (laughs) that I just passed at Odyssey yesterday at 105.7. Oh, boy. What's the net worth of the 45-year-old? <laughs> <laughs> Not notable enough to make a difference. Oh, man. I don't know. I think I might have to go with the 45-year-old. Okay. All right. I, think, I, uh, I, I had think, a scenario I where I, a buddy of my age was dating a woman in her. I, don't, I, I will bring up another scenario. I won't bring that up. But I had another buddy who was dating a woman that was very much the, the mother of people that were our age i could make that work i think i don't know, I don't know man it was very uncomfortable it it, we just didn't I'll see just him pretend you're it was just over you weren't going to see him any longer right. like they were doing other things i can't think they didn't of, they didn't want to come I, over i'm thinking of the eight-year-old thing and it and it like it I, brings back to big lebowski it's eight-year-old it's very eight-year-old yeah, right. dude. eight-year-old <laughs> that's a great point that's a great point but she is 23. I know, but... She's 23. It sounds like she's eight. Her life experience is like yeah, other 23-year-olds. It'd have to be. She would probably come over and smoke weed and play video games with you and your buddies. An eight-year-old? She's not eight, Griffin. It, it, she would be... She's, she's eight. not eight. She's, eight. she's 23. She's 23. She you have to be able to have this conversation. She's not eight. Yeah, she's she'd 23. Be eight. She'd be eight, though. No. She would be this eight. She's not eight-year-old, dude. All right. All right. Eight. Can we take a break, please? Yeah, We're yeah. so far behind. Well, grab a break. Continue getting your responses at Glenn Clark Radio. Vinny Iyer joins us next. We'll talk some NFL draft with him. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit. Stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution, and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. 
The latest edition of Press Box is available now, and it's our annual Best of Issue. On the cover, we recognize Orioles catcher Adley Rutschman as our 2022 Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, and he sits down with us to discuss how his arrival in Baltimore was simultaneous with the Birds' turnaround. Also inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of the year throughout the local sports scene. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich, hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers started over $60,000 and over $64,000 for lateral officers with $10,000 signing bonuses available. Plus, cadets started over $32,000. Great benefits are available like medical, dental, and vision insurance, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days per calendar year with no limit, career advancement to more than 20 specialized units, and more with further incentives for military service members and veterans. A passion for service, a career for life, with the Baltimore County Police Department. Find out more at joinbaltimorecountypd.com or call 410-887-5542. Must be a United States citizen, have a valid driver's license and a high school diploma or GED equivalent. Check out Jeremy Kahn's daily picks at pressboxonline.com as he tries to find you daily winners. And speaking of winners, here's a man who once won a media curling contest and I don't think anything else. He's Glenn Clark. Win that. No, I did. We won. You did, but the people and you, I no, the I carried were, it. The guys you I were playing against it. were highly unathletic. What, and what were we? <laughs> I think it was a pretty even competition. Well, that's true. All things being, I didn't equal. think of that. Yeah, exactly right. But I do like the. It sounded like you backhanded. By the way, this cup I'm drinking out of is these cameras on. Yeah, this is not an endorsement for this product. It's water. You well, can they, see they're it's, doing that at the, the ballpark now, right? Like they're going to be all. Are they going to be all Pepsi at the ballpark moving forward? Oh, are they? I, think I don't that's know. What I saw. It's not I an endorsement of this product. Today's show also brought to you by PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. I got a deal for you. If you have not signed up for DraftKings yet, this is the time to do it. Go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers right now. Click on the DraftKings link. And when you do, if you are signing up for the first time, and it's very important, it's got to be signing up for the first time. So maybe if you've signed up, but say Mrs. Forrester What's hasn't DraftKings? signed up. Yeah, you would never know that. Right? <laughs> it's legal now. You don't have to pretend. Oh, okay. Uh, new players, if you bet just $5, you'll win $150 if either quarterback throws for more than a single yard in the Chiefs-Bengals game. How funny would it be if they both throw for zero? Right, correct. <laughs> they both get knocked out <laughs> on the first play. Either quarterback throws for more than one yard, you're getting $150 on a $5 bet. But you got to go to pressboxonline.com slash offers in order to sign up and take advantage of this for Sunday in the championship game. Drew Forrester is here. It's our first NFL draft segment of the year. We'll be doing these every week. We'll be talking NFL draft. First up, man who's covered the NFL for a long time. He's got a mock draft up right now. 
at the Sporting News. He is our buddy Vinny Iron. He's back with us now here on GCR. Vinny, it's Glenn and Drew. It's always great to catch up. Thank you for taking the time for us as always. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, Vinny, before we get into the draft, how difficult is it to do a mock draft for the Baltimore Ravens when you're not 100% certain exactly what the quarterback situation is going to look like? Yeah, that is a challenge, but that's a challenge when you do mock drafts at this time of year, free agency and all that thing, all those things that you're trying to navigate through at this point. So it's just a projection. It's evolving always in terms of what their needs are, what their direction might be, what players they're interested in. We haven't even had the senior bowl, so that's going to change some things as well for all the teams on their board. So, again, it's just trying to figure out, you know, try to get in the heads of Eric Acosta and uh, John Harbaugh what what they do right now. You have to, to say Lamar is in the mix, but you know that could be a quickly change here. Before we get to who you do have the Ravens selecting at 23 and some other things related to your draft, um, do you have a gut about how all this is going to end up playing out? Like, do you have, hey, look, man, it's, you know, all this is all going crazy right now, but I do think they get it worked out, or, like, we're beyond that point. You think, do you have a gut instinct about how this is all going to play out? I think I'm at 50-50 right now. I, uh, I really am. I just think they could end up giving in and giving the contract that, Jackson would want over the long term and the Deshaun Watson contract from last year complicates things, not just for Lamar, but the other contracts going forward, including Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. So it's just very unique. I wonder if we're going in the direction of quarterbacks demanding all guaranteed money in their contracts, and that could change things as well. So I know there will be some teams out there that will do that for Lamar Jackson. So the Ravens have to decide, are they one of those teams that want to just uh, completely break the bank and make sure that he's got all the money in his contract uh, for sure in his pocket. So uh, it's going to be interesting to watch, and uh, we'll see if they give in to what the market says. All right. Hey, Vinny, um, when you look at the Ravens, and I, I'm assuming in their backfield, defensive backfield, Peters will be gone, and if nothing else, maybe they rework him and um, he spends a year sort of almost as a mentor. But the the cornerback position for me is a place I really think, given where they're picking, I think cornerback is a spot that they may look really closely at in that first round. Any chance, uh, and um, maybe the first three are Ringo and, and um, Smith and uh, the kid from Clemson, Simpson. Um, is there any way that any of those guys are – can fall back far enough for the Ravens to pick them. I know a lot. Of, there are a lot of moving parts between now and April, uh, but particularly, let's say the kid from South Carolina that I know a lot of people are high on, Cam Smith. Anybody jump out at you that could fall back? Yeah, definitely. I mean, just the way things might play out with the teams taking quarterbacks early, that could open things up here for the Ravens. Uh, of course, they might also need a quarterback. And right. Need to think about that at the end of the first round. So. That, that is uh, something definitely to look out for. But there's a couple guys that I like that are borderline first-rounders for me right now. I, I think you look at uh, the, the kid from uh, Utah, Clark Phillips. I think he's a really good, disguised corner prospect. And uh, Oregon, you also have Christian Gonzalez. So there's some guys there that you can look at that can be effective there late in the round that have some nice size here in the draft. So I'm really excited to see how this uh, – plays out between uh, the 
values there in the late first round. But corner always seems to be on the table and usually is a good pick late in the first round. I think the Ravens have also, we know, had some success with the pass rushers taking them in this range as well. So, uh, But uh, right now, as you guys have seen, probably seen that I have them uh, going with the wide receiver. And, yep. and that could also be tied to the changing direction of the offense as well. He is Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News. He's with us here on GCR. Before we get the wide receiver and what you're doing, like Drew, you know the most delicious scenario that could play out here. The, the thing that would be the best for all of us involved it's Joey Porter. Jr. No, no, no. Oh my God. No, no, no. Could you? Imagine? I was just going to say that. I was going to say that to Vinny. Like it would be great to get Joey Porter Jr., but we're not allowed. That's <laughs> <laughs> right. Like it would be the most electric thing that could possibly happen right. in the course of this draft. One of the most hated uh, opposing players of all time uh, brings his son here. Oh my God! What unbelievable story that would be. <laughs> uh, Vinny, to your point, you do have the Ravens going wide receiver. I, before we get to your guy, I, one of the things that jumped out that at me— That makes us nervous, too. Yeah, correct. One of the things that jumped out at me about your draft is I think a lot of Ravens fans, like Drew brought up with the cornerback position, are hoping that one of these, you know, Addisons or Smith and Jigbas, one of these other wide receivers, the same way that we've seen in recent years, that wide receiver, for whatever reason, despite it being we all know that it's, you know, maybe the second most valuable position on the football field, it seems like in the draft teams have kind of pushed guys down a little bit. You seem to have most of those guys going all in the top 20. Are you convinced that these these receivers, the Addisons, the Smithy Jigbas, the Robinsons of the world, are definitely top 20 guys, guys that won't be available as we get to where the Ravens are sitting at 23? You know, it's hard because you look at the pedigree of some of these guys and also Ohio State. I mean, we didn't have any disappointment from Chris Olave or Garrett Wilson. So if you tap into that system, you feel pretty confident. Obviously, going back to LSU and Patron Boot, that was uh, the way Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase have come out of that kind of system where I know it was a little bit different back then, but it seems so comfortable, right, with that. Just like a program that continues to produce linebackers or edge rushers, you start to feel comfortable that the product that you're getting there is going to be close to finished and have an immediate impact. So I think the wide receiver draft is very interesting. I think some teams can get into trouble by locking into a certain style of player. The one draft that sticks out to me of late was the Cardinals taking Andy Isabella over DK Metcalf. Sometimes you just think too much. Take the guy that has got the size, the speed, go after him. Don't try to go, okay, we need this type of slot inside receiver. Just go with the one that you like the most because we know we can move around these receivers. I mean, no one is attached to outside or inside. I mean, Jefferson, the reason he slipped was everyone thought he was just a slot receiver and he showed everyone that he's even better on the outside. So don't get caught up in where you might align them opposite whom. Just go for someone to say, is this guy going to make big plays for me? And that's all you look at. Yeah, you might you might have just answered this. My next question was going to be, in your history uh, and your experience of covering these drafts and mock drafts and you know going to the senior bowls and all of these different things to, to look at these kids, is there, a, is, is there a misnomer or is there something, and again, you may have just answered it, but is there something about the draft that over the years you, you've kind of figured out like, you guys are kind of doing this wrong, or you know the, the the way you think it should be done has turned out to not really be the way you should do it. You guys ought to figure it out, you know, better. 
Well, I think one thing, and well, I'll go back to this big decision that was a couple of years ago, Jamar Chase versus Panay Sewell for the Bengals. Now, if they had gone Panay Sewell, would they be in the position they've been in the last few years? I doubt it. Right. So think about what your team is like and think about the structure of the team. And I think teams have started to do that. Like, I think the Eagles also are a great example. They said, okay, there's some connection with uh, General Hurts and Bobby Smith. And then they realized, okay, there's some connection in the past between Hurts and A.J. Brown, going on the recruiting trail together and being, having that instant chemistry. So that's okay to do, to connect to college uh, things that are working. It's okay to do that. Just don't worry about it too much. Again, we think that, okay, you need this offensive tackle at, at this spot, but if this is going to give you higher upside, you got to go for that. And if there's a familiarity, go for that as well. Don't try to get the square pegs and put them in the round holes. Fit them that you know, and there's a track record that you can see succeeding right away. Sounds like it's cover for taller Ravens not to take wide receivers. <laughs> okay. Well, with that said, Vinny Iyer and your mock draft, you do indeed. And we've linked up uh, Vinny Iyer's mock draft at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter for you to go check it out. You do indeed have the Ravens going wide receiver in the first round. Some might say that the player that you have the Ravens taking is Booty because it's Kayshawn Booty from LSU. So I I ask you this question. Do you have the Ravens going here because you genuinely believe that Kayshawn Booty is a, a top 23 player in this draft, or is it because you're convinced the Ravens have to go wide receiver, and with the first few guys off the board, this is the next guy that's available at wide receiver? Yeah, it, it's tough because I do like him. I like uh, Quentin Johnson as well. I love uh, the guys that are at the top here, Jordan Addison and Smith McJigba. But when you look at this, uh, this is kind of hedging my bets type of pick here that he is kind of in that range to draft, number one. Number two, if the Ravens are in their current state, I think they really missed Marquis Hollywood-Brown a lot more than they would think, especially when you didn't have Rashad Bateman and Devin Duvernay available, there's nothing left at wide receiver. But they missed the, having that second guy to help uh, Bateman. It just There wasn't a lot there early when we saw it, so they could use a number two, and then if they go in a different direction and Lamar Jackson's not the quarterback, you're going to have to start going back to having legitimate wide receivers and not uh, go into this run-heavy approach from Mark Andrews and, and a little bit of Bateman are going to be enough for you to pass game. So It was a combination of factors to go in that direction at this very moment for the Ravens. Is there, you know, like of the other receivers specifically, is there one that you say this is the guy that I'd be most rooting to be sitting there at 23 if I were the Baltimore Ravens? Of that, you know, that that group that you brought up, Johnston, you know, throw in Smith and Jigba, throw in, you know, Addison. Is there one guy that between practicality and and best player – you'd say, if I'm the Ravens, I'm rooting like hell that this is the guy that slips to 23. Yeah, it's definitely got to be Smith and but to me, because when he was on the field, I know we had a lot of buzz about Marvin Harrison Jr. Everyone's going to be excited about him when he can get into the draft next year. But Smith and Jigbo was just outstanding. And I, I look at Olave uh, Wilson, he was right up there with them to me. And again, having that track record of an offense that works, and Ryan Day has some good connections to the NFL in terms of producing. That's much like what we saw with Alabama defenders for many years under Nick Saban. There's a direct translation into the similar scheme in the NFL. Same thing with Ryan Day, that it works out really well. 
What I like about Smithy Enigma as well as uh, Olave and Wilson is that you can move them around. They can do everything on the field. And that's what I like about these receivers there that are very versatile. And you saw that in the production of both Olave and Wilson really having great years for the Saints of the Jets. I um I, I like the funny thing is I like all three of them, right? Like I really like all three of those players. I don't want to take anything away from Kayshawn Booty. I I like all three of those guys. I I guess there's some world where the Ravens end up dipping their toes in the DeAndre Hopkins waters, but like if they don't, are you at a place where you say, you know, this team is so desperate they should be looking to make a move? You know, I, I I'll go it this way. If Booty was the guy that was sitting there at twenty three, would you say maybe it's worth moving up to make sure you get one of these other guys? Or do you really believe that if you end up getting booty at 23, you're in pretty much just as good of a spot as you would be? Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's a tough call because, again, you have to really feel that there's a big difference between those receivers. And I'm, I'm not sure there is right now. We might okay. discover that in the process. Like, we would go – like. I think last year's a good example, right? You felt that there was a bit of a separation before you got to Traylon Burks, and the Titans were kind of put in a tough spot because they moved A.J. Brown and had to make a move to really get someone in their wide receiver core. So the biggest thing you want to avoid is being desperate in the draft. Mm-hmm. Like, be okay with whoever falls to you. And a lot of teams fall in this trap where they want to play really badly or they just want to settle for a player. You're going to kind of have to find the sweet spot between that. So, I, I think that the Ravens have to obviously sort out a lot of different things before then. And uh, yeah, one of the things also, if they move on from Lamar Jackson, do they go more reloading? Do they have to rebuild knowing that they have to start again with a new quarterback? So there's a lot of uh, tough decisions there. Because if you're kind of rebuilding, then you can just go best player available, maybe not have the wide receiver now and get that wide receiver later in the draft. So all kinds of things they have to sort out. This is going to be a very tough offseason. For the Ravens. And I was going to leave you with that, uh, Vinny. It, in this scenario where they've made a Lamar Jackson trade before we get to the NFL draft, presumably they're trying to get very early in the draft for a quarterback. I guess there's still a world in which they could be looking at the 23 range and Anthony Richardson. But where are you with this group of quarterbacks? Like, it, are, are you in love with a Bryce Young or a C.J. Stroud or somebody like that and saying, look, it's a bitter pill to swallow to give up Lamar Jackson, but if you do and you end up with one of those guys, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the key. Is I'm not really sure about Will Levis or Anthony Richardson. Like, there are some things I like about them, but I could also see them being a kind of developmental. Now, if you look at it and where the rumors are starting to swirl with this, uh, would be the Falcons, and you presume you can – to a situation where you could get the number eight overall pick, that's actually a really good spot, especially if the Raiders kind of go elsewhere, um, Tom Brady, to solve quarterback, to, to jump ahead of Carolina in that spot at number eight. You'd be looking pretty good here. It just depends on what Indianapolis does at four and Houston does at two. But then you'd also be in good position to trade up if you could get Stroud Young. So that's something to think about uh, and maybe why the Falcons might be an appealing trading partner. We know, obviously, if they can make it happen with Houston, that would be really ideal. Admittedly, I hope this is not a conversation that we're having. I don't care for it whatsoever. <laughs> uh, sporting news, of course, is where you see all of his stuff, and you can follow Vinny Iyer on Twitter as well by going at Vinny Iyer. 
Uh, Vinny, is there anything I can plug for you, sir? We're just uh, previewing the championship games. No big deal. Flipsmith is going to go on this weekend. Big games this weekend, so really excited about them. I think any of these four teams can win the Super Bowl. So breaking it down uh, in full for you at SportingNews.com. Very good. Awesome. Vinny, appreciate it as always, man. Thank you so much for taking the time for us. All right. Thanks, guys. It's Vinny Iyer, the Sporting News. Just, uh, they better not take a wide receiver. Okay, but let me go back to the DeAndre Hopkins thing for a second. Where are you with that? You know, we had this conversation a couple weeks ago. I, yeah, but we were doing it hypothetically with Would You Rather Wednesday. I mean, like more. No, I mean, but it isn't. Like, I, I right. think that the answer is, like, you, I, I, I just think you have to be really careful with these guys who, um, and I'm saying this about Hopkins, and I, I could be totally wrong about this, about his injury. I, I'm not even going to say he's injury prone because that very well might not even be the case. I, I'm just saying you have to be very careful about guys as they start to get into their 30s. You know, we did this list a couple weeks ago that, that they tend to kind of break down quickly. And I don't mean to pin all of it on just because Julio Jones went from totally chic to totally geek in one year. Mm-hmm. But, like, you just have to be careful. Um, if the Cardinals are willing to pony up some of the money, which you kind of suspect they would be, Maybe you can do well, it that as, way, right? As Brian McFarlane brought up earlier, you'd definitely be restructuring, right? Like you'd I mean, be, you'd be. Am w- I? Do I think DeAndre Hopkins would be a nice addition to the Ravens? Hundred um, percent. Would I? But but would I treat him like he's the twenty-six-year-old rock star that he was in Houston? I wouldn't. Because he isn't. But you're but you're doing the dangerous thing where you're saying, hey, don't draft a wide receiver. I know. Be, be wary well, of. No, so, I mean, so I've got to have wide receivers. Right. And I did say well, a couple weeks ago, and I and I think it it has over time it it's been bearing out this way. You, go go make a trade for one, and this is why you're talking about Hopkins. Right. Go make a trade for one. Your chances of success, particularly given what the Ravens have gone through, your chances of, of success are far greater, in my mind. Than they would be if you drafted one, but but the but the other issue with drafting one is they're a lot cheaper. You you don't have to overpay for them because yes they're the not getting twenty five exactly million right. a, a year or what well fifteen or whatever the number is. Um, so the short answer is I think the Hopkins thing would be fine, but I but I'm a little leery as they get to thirty one and thirty two that. You might only get one really good year. Most of, of the teams that drafted receivers early last year are feeling pretty good about it, right? Yeah, I mean, the Pittsburgh like, kid turned out to be really good. Um, Christian Watson in Watt, Green Bay uh, looks right. like a rock star. Obviously, yeah, Alave I mean, and and Garrett Wilson look like studs. I mean, John Dodson maybe didn't put up the right. insane, but we all saw it. Like we all saw, like that dude is, you know, in the Giants game, of course, was very capable of being special. Like I. I'm I'm always where I'm almost the exact opposite of you, okay. which is I know what you're saying. The Ravens are terrible. Just at this. pick seven of them. They always that that's the exact. It's really where I am. Just pick seven Keep of them. Drafting wide receivers. Just pick seven. All right, first right. round wide receiver. Second round, who are you going with? Wide yep, receiver. Wide receiver. Who are you exactly. going with? Well, they don't have receiver. a second round pick, right. unfortunately. We'll so that won't be an option. Yeah, probably. But yeah, just keep picking wide receivers. Wide one receivers, of them, wide receivers, wide receivers. One of them will work. It's like, it's like playing a parlay in college basketball. A friend of mine said it's like playing a parlay in college yes. basketball. Well, you wouldn't. You're right. always going to win yeah, one of them. It's legal something. now. I don't, know. I don't know why you keep missing that. It's le- it's okay. I heard. Well, I don't know. Are you allowed to? What's the what's Calvert Hall's policy on that? I don't. I don't even know. I don't bet on their games. Okay, yeah. that's smart. I haven't, I haven't seen those. That's, that's I haven't seen those lines. <laughs> those yet. lines haven't been posted right. anywhere for you to have to worry about. That's probably. I like smart. Maryland tonight. Yeah, I like Maryland. I, I like for Maryland the most tonight. part, I like Maryland at home. 
right? Like for the most part, I, like I, there was no world where I would have bet them on Sunday, and obviously they would have covered. Right. Um, but at home, I almost always like. Yeah, narrow. I do too. Yep. What's right. what is what is the number tonight? Five and a half. Five I and think. Half. Is it? Wow. Isn't I mean, I, 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 it's a bad spot yeah, for Wisconsin, five, so I do like a very bad. Yeah, spot. yeah they had to play Wisconsin. Sunday. They had to they travel Monday. Monday. Yeah, Monday. They were supposed to play on Saturday. Had to play Monday. Um, coming here, yeah, I, I like Maryland tonight, which means they're going to lose seventy. Oh, of course, right? fifty-four. Yeah, going to get hammered, right? Uh, hang on, I'm trying to pull it up to make sure I have the answer to what the line is. Give me, give me, give me the line for Maryland. All right, we'll, we'll do that in a so second. It's four and a half, half this morning. It's de- is it definitely still five and a half? I got Griffin go, just though. said it was four and a half. What this you, morning it was four and a half. What do you have it's, going it's, on? It's What's up going to on five. Up to five. I got a 12.30 meeting I got to go to. All right. Um, make a living. Drew's morning. <laughs> when when did you start doing that? Continue yeah. to have this fun. Yeah, right. Drew'sMorningDish.com. Next week we're going to talk about conscious and unconscious bias. I think I'm going to pass on that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, can we talk about all the names? How about the one? How about the one? The one incident where the boss put his hand... Yeah. On the girl's hand, and she said, I was kind of uncomfortable with that. And the boss said, oh, don't worry about it. I'm just trying to make you feel more comfortable here. Yeah. And then the thing came up and said, was that inappropriate? I'm like, I don't know. I'm going to take a wild guess and say yes. Correct. Uh, I don't want to talk anymore about that. Uh, <laughs> not this weekend. Okay. The following weekend. The Super Bowl weekend. You're bringing back the golf show. Yes. Correct? Not, not this. Oh, yeah. The fifth. It's back right. on the fifth. Yeah. That's when Rita and I are back. That's the only reason why I oh, know. Yeah, the fifth. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm excited. I've already forgot. You're you're at noon. I think so, bro. Twelve I, to one. I am so. My my wife yesterday was trying to plan her kid's birthday party, which I said he went to Disney World. Make it on we, a don't a, we don't need it. We don't need to make, make it. Friday. Did you ever take the kids to Disney World? Uh, they went. I didn't. Oh, you're so lucky. Yeah. You're so. Oh, but was, it was your money though. Oh yeah, it was my money. Yeah, you're not yeah. lucky. Right. God, oh, I know. It, what you, you got to take out a second loan, brother. No doubt. I am in. No it's doubt. A ba- you, need, you need anybody over at DrewsMorningDish.com? Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> talk to you. You need somebody to write about tennis? We'll talk about that. My God, it's a nightmare. I know. All right, uh, have a good week. See you, buddy. It's Drew Forrester, DrewsMorningDish.com. Check in with us here on at GCR. Having picked up the print issue of PressBox, yeah, I don't know what you're waiting for. It is our best of 2022 issue. Our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, Adley Rutschman, is on the cover. Go get it right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox. Or read it all at pressboxonline.com slash bestof. It is, as always, free to pick up. And there's only a couple more weeks on this one before the uh, next issue of PressBox hits newsstands. So make sure you go get it now. We come back in with Tidbit and Tubular. I mean, I'll get to some of your responses for Would You Rather Wednesday as well, because we haven't really done that. But Tidbit and Tubular on the way. Glenn Clark Radio. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit and stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Looking for some excitement in the new year? Laurel Park has plenty of live horse racing events to spice things up this January. The much-anticipated winter meet kicks off on January 1st, plus we've got special MLK holiday racing on Monday, January 16th, and the winter car 
Carnival Stakes on Saturday, January 21st. Winter may be cold, but the racing at Laurel Park is hot. Learn more about upcoming January events by visiting laurelpark.com. Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point Boulevard. Another Orioles season is in the books, and the bat around was there every step of the way as the Birds posted their first winning season in six years. And after promoting two number one overall prospects in Adley Rutschman and Gunnar Henderson, Mike Elias has said it's liftoff from here. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and along with my co-host Zach Goodman, we'll be here every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon all off-season, discussing every signing, trade, and waiver claim as we navigate the cold winter months that lead to spring training. You can watch us at youtube.com slash pressboxonline and facebook.com slash pressboxsports or listen live at pressboxonline.com slash radio. And if you miss a show, you can find us anywhere you get your podcasts. So tune into the Bat Around with Paul Valley and Zach Goodman every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon right here at Pressbox Sports. It's the perfect time to sign the young basketball fan in your life up for a membership in the Retriever Kids Club. It includes free youth admission to all regular season UMBC home games, plus a t-shirt and a drawstring backpack. Membership is only $35. It makes a great gift. Visit umbcretrievers.com slash kids club for more info. Membership is available for kids 12 and under in the Retriever Kids Club. Again, umbcretrievers.com slash kids club. If you can't listen or watch live, you can subscribe to the show via Spotify, Amazon, or Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star review while you're there. Or, if lying isn't your thing, we'll take a three-and-a-half-star review, too. All right, we are winding down for a Would You Rather Wednesday edition of GCR. Today's show has also been brought to you by, ooh, or how about this one's going to be brought to you by PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. We love PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. You know, I brought up that uh, DraftKings offer, but that's not the only offer available right now. So if you're someone who's already signed up for DraftKings and you say, hey, I kind of can't take advantage of that one. Do you have anything for me? Well, wouldn't you know we do? Cash in on the AFC and NFC Championship games. Go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. Sign up with BetMGM, bet $10, and automatically get $200 in additional free bets. Get this promo and more. Go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers right now for over $2,000 in promo offers from all of Maryland's mobile sports books. All right, uh, some of the other responses that came in for Would You Rather Wednesday, numero uno, John Proctor. I think you go younger here. Get some new blood in the organization. Uh, Paul Novilando, younger, up-and-coming offensive coach with new ideas, better chance of the offensive, uh, the offense continuing to evolve. Uh, my man T'Challa, Brian Johnson or Zach Robinson, that's it, that's all. Uh, Adit, young and exciting and hope that once Harbaugh retires, you have two trusted internal options with your offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator that could take the reins for 10 to 15 years. I, I get the kind of ideological side of that, but it wouldn't be how I would go about making my decision. Like, I wouldn't make a decision based on the idea of maybe we're getting a head coach in weight. There's just too much that there's too much that happens for me to think, unless, you, like, John Harbaugh has internally told you, like, next year is my last year, and you think that would be maybe where maybe, like, right. an Eric Bieniemy or, a you know, a 
Byron Leftwich would come into the conversation at that point. We're like, like grooming you, them. And do you feel yeah. like you're? But I, I don't know if that's who you'd want to hire if you were doing an open coaching search. So I, I just don't think I would. I would think that realistically, way. how long do you think they can like wait before they make an offensive coordinator hire? Like. Uh, they typically like to have the staff in place by the senior bowl, so we're right. talking about next week. I mean, now they don't have to. Obviously, they can. If the plan is to keep some of the offensive staff intact, like if they are internally telling offensive coordinator candidates, "We want you to keep the majority of our staff," then they'd be in a far better place to say, "We can wait on this. Go down to the senior bowl with, you know, some of the offensive staffers that we have right now." And still feel pretty good. But you usually want to have these things. The Senior Bowl always tends to be the line of demarcation of, which is why a lot of people talked about like I, the calendar not working because it's you have coaches that are coaching in the Super Bowl and you right. can't. like. There's a lot of bad that's involved with that. But you like to be able to send your staff down to the Senior Bowl with some continuity there and knowing, like, here's who's looking at what. So... It's it's not necessary. It's just it's kind of typically been how teams have wanted to do things. Um, Ravenism, serious proven experience on the offensive side. Um, Orioles idiot says 2023 is a win now year, so I go with a one and done hire like Frank Reich while building the short list to get a new fresh guy in 2024. It's an interesting argument, right? That like you yeah. don't really, it, particularly if it's Lamar Jackson on the tag. You definitely don't want growing pains. Like, you definitely don't want someone who's going to come in and have to work their way into the job. While we all feel pretty good about Mike McDonald at this point, like, I don't think you want to do that with your offense. Like, I think you want to have somebody that you know they're going to hit the ground running from week one, particularly if you're trying to still get whatever answer about Lamar Jackson, which is insane to think you're still trying to get answers about Lamar Jackson. I, I, don't, I, I, hate, I hate this part of the equation. I hate it. I hate it. Brian, we've done the retread, so let's ride with a fresh new exciting. Have we ever hired someone who wasn't recycled? I guess if you're talking about offensive coordinator specifically, have you ever hired someone that wasn't recycled? So, Greg Roman, Marty Morningweg, Jim Caldwell, Gary Kubiak, Mark Tressman, Cam Cameron. We've gotten all the way back to the Brian Billick era. I hear you. Now, of course, the defensive coordinator, that's typically always been what they've done. They've almost always just promoted either from within or essentially from within. Like Mike McDonald wasn't actually technically from within, but he might as well have been because clearly he had been here before he had come up with the Ravens. He just disappeared for a year and then came back. They've almost always gone that route on defensive coordinator hires. But to be fair, offensive coordinator hires, ah, it's flurrying. How about that? Offensive coordinator hires have been the other way. Um, again, I was going to say I would prefer younger, fresher, but I actually, one, don't know that I I felt that with any amount of conviction. I just want to get the right guy, right? Like, Gary Kubiak was a retread. How'd that work out? I got no problem. I just want I just want to get the guy. That's all I really care about. Just get me the guy. That's it. Um, and then the, the argument about, I don't think Frank Reich is taking this job unless he knows that Lamar Jackson is going to be his quarterback for a little while. You know, again, there could be the scenario where if he knows he's going to be the quarterback for a year, he's only really planning on being here for a year and then getting another head coaching job. But I don't know. I like the idea that that presents some stability. Uh, number two, bunch of the responses that came in. Again, you can still get your responses in at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter for Would You Rather Wednesday, and we will uh, hook somebody up with another $25 gift card to Glory Days. Number two... 
was the question about which would you rather do, trade for the, all the players and coaches from the Chiefs or all the players and coaches from the Bengals. This one has has been more Bengals. KZ, the Bengals have the better overall roster. I like the coach, so yeah. Um, Ivan, Bengals, only because I think they're the more complete team despite Mahomes being better than Burrow. Uh, Orioles idiot was the first one to bring up the argument. Chiefs are still winning without losing or after losing Tyreek. I don't have enough evidence to trust the Bengals front office to keep the unit together after Burrow gets paid. Brian, I think I trade with the Chiefs in that five years. You might only have to face Lamar a few times, whereas the Bengals, you're facing him for at least 10. Remember, in this trade, the Bengals are becoming the Ravens. Well, so I guess Lamar goes to Cincinnati. That would the be Ravens essentially you're around. swapping, yeah. right? Like, so I guess you it's would true. say, although the Bengals keep Lamar around, or does he end up ending, ending up with the Raiders, and then he's got to face the Chiefs? I, I, I think that I think we're going too deep with that. Uh, John Proctor's trying to cheat. What the hell is wrong with you, you son of a bitch? Of all people, you should know. Can we just swap wide receivers with Cincy? I would gladly take that option all day. No. It's a game. You're not new. What's wrong with you? And nobody really wants to bite on number three. Nobody really wants to respond to number three. Everybody who's responding is trying to cheat their way out of it. Or they? Well, Ken Zalas, I'm in that 46 to 55 category. No, no, because <laughs> he's 20. <laughs> no, you're putting yourself back. In order to answer this question, you have to transport yourself K- he's to what, being 29? in the KZ. Yeah. You have to transport yourself to being in the mid to late 20s. And remembering what you were like at that point, and remembering that you like to go out, you like to party, you like to dr- all those things. Now imagine either you're going to have a person hanging around, your best friend, not an eight-year-old. It's not going to be an eight-year-old. It's okay. not an eight-year-old, no matter what. No, I'm Under telling you no right now, it's not, not going to be it's the eight-year-old. It's definitely not going to be an eight-year-old. You're you're right. Neither scenario involves an eight-year-old. If it looks like it's a not, duck, it's not, and it quacks it's like a duck, most certainly not. You keep trying to make that a thing, but it's not. <laughs> Um, Proctor, I can't imagine how difficult dating would be for the person who looks and sounds like a child. I can sympathize. <laughs> Anyone who could date that person would have a lifetime of judgment coming, and rightfully so. I have to go with the older option here. Uh, Brian, option one, only because I think you get less people staring at you like you're a creep, and you wouldn't need to keep explaining. I, I, okay. I just don't... I have things in common with a 23-year-old. Yes, it would be weird... Like I get that part of it. It's weird, and I have a lot of questions for my buddy. I swear to God, you when I saw, learned something from the 40, when, 45 year old. No, when I saw this story pop up, I said the first thing I would want to say is, "I need to see your internet history." I'm not kidding. Everything's cool as long as I look at your internet history, and I don't find a bunch of things I want to find. I don't want to find. Like if if all's good, if I go through your internet history and you watch normal pornography, and you're a normal <laughs> who just so happened to find someone. Love is love. Like, I can get that. If you just happen to find someone, uh, there's there's little people, right? Like, there are tall, there are normal-sized people that date little people all the time. Whatever it is, that's fine. I just need to know with certainty that it is a unique scenario and that you're not a creep. So the first thing I do when my buddy, when my buddy presents this So you're picking the 8-year-old? There is no 8-year-old, Griffin! <laughs> There's no eight-year-old involved in the process. None of them. I'm They're telling all... you, the idea of trying to have a 47-year-old hang out with me and my friends when I was in my mid to late 20s, I don't know. I don't think that they're going to get along with just playing NBA Jam on my... Oh, my God. I'm looking at the, I'm finally like clicking through the story. This just it looks terrible. It looks 
terrible. She's 23. She's you just want to ignore that I, part of it. I, I wouldn't be able to. You're, all right. I am, I'm not saying that I don't think Can it's I turn weird. the sound on this? I want to hear it I talk. Weird. No, why would you do that? Don't say it. That's No, no. don't do that. Don't. I, I, I don't. That. I want to hear. I, saw, I said her, didn't I? No, you didn't. Okay. No, you didn't. I want to hear that. her talk. This is we can't have adult conversations on this show. We can't have normal adult conversations. You should maybe take the Odyssey test. And then yeah, right. Try this all again. Continue to get me your responses at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. Hey, uh, gambling can be fun, but you should set a limit and stay within it. Remember that if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, you can call one eight hundred Gambler or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org twenty four seven. All right, uh, tidbit. Is that what we're doing? Do we do everything that we needed to do today? I believe so. I think we're good. Yeah. Tidbit is brought to you today by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals and new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Uh, all right, so Jamar Chase uh, over the weekend joined this Hall of Famer as the only NFL players in history to have 3,000 receiving yards and 25 receiving touchdowns in their first two seasons. This two seasons. This includes the playoffs. Including playoffs? Yeah, 3,000 yards, 25. That's not touchdowns. a thing. Well, the, 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 for this stat, it is. And it's irrelevant. It's not because it's a easy You don't include the playoffs. Randy Moss and Jamar Chase, the only God two. Bless. I mean, good for him, but that's not a thing. Uh, and I changed my tib- my other tidbit at the last second because uh, I was looking up the offensive coordinator thing, and I want to know if you can name. There have been nine offensive coordinators. I want to know if you can name who has been the most successful based on winning percentage. And just go down in sequential order. For the Ravens? For the Ravens, yeah. Based Ravens. on winning percentage? Yes. So it doesn't matter if their offense was any good. Yeah, based on winning percentage. Well, this is also tricky because... So... Who would be who would be at the top? Well, Greg Roman is probably... No. Yeah, Greg Roman's probably at the is top. Is he your guess? He's your guess for the... For well, the I'm top. between Greg Roman and Cam Cameron. You gonna go with Greg Roman? Yeah, Greg Roman. Greg Roman is two. Oh. Cam, Cam Cameron is, is one. one. He went 54 and 26, a 67.5% winning percentage. Groman, right, right. 65.2%. Right. So, Kubiak. Kubiak is three. Went 10 and 6, uh, and 14. Now I'm. Mm, now I'm between. Mornenweg. Mornenweg is fourth, 59.4% winning. In 17 and 18, 19 and 13 was his record. I got to write down. All right, so it's Fossil, Trestman, Neuheisel, Kavanaugh, and uh, Billick. Oh, that, Billick is not just, just when they, yeah, not, you or at least count when, I, when I won this. So uh, who am I pro oh, Caldwell, of course. Yeah, Caldwell. 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 Well, he, you know, how do you count? I'll say Caldwell is next, but it, it's probably right around 500 because the following season they were just under 500 and they count the couple of games from the previous season. But I'll say Caldwell's next. Yeah, Caldwell is not next. He is sixth, though. He would he did go 500, eight and eight. So then Caldwell's sixth. Who is fifth? So then, because oh, that last season with Newheisel was disastrous. So Fossil's next. It is not Fossil. Fossil would be after Caldwell, though. So it's Kavanaugh because the Super Bowl year mm. lifted him up. Mm-hmm. Yes, Kavanaugh was fifty-six and forty with a fifty-eight percent uh, winning. So Kavanaugh, Caldwell, then Fossil, and then and the final uh, two. Um, I'll s- oh God, that, those years are both bad. Yeah. 
I don't even know. Um, Tressman Neuheisel. Correct. Okay. Mark Tressman. I mean, they were both just bad. 13 and 19, Mark Tressman, and then yeah. uh, Neuheisel was 5 and 11. And yeah, I mean, they, that was a bad season. It was just a really, really bad season. All right. Very good. Very good. Well done. Tidbit was also brought to you today. God, remembering some of those things. You left. Well, you got to figure out what Billick's record would have been okay. when he was the offense coordinator. Uh, today's show, or uh, that tidbit, was also brought to you by the Print Issue of Press Box, which again is available for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find Press Box. Adley Rutschman on the cover. We celebrate the top people, performances, and moments of 2022 in our best of issue. Tubular brought to you by UMBC Basketball, UMBC Women, home tonight against NJIT, and then home Saturday afternoon against Vermont. The UMBC men back home next Wednesday against Binghamton. Get your tickets right now, umbcretrievers.com, to experience game day at the peak. Here's what's coming up totally tubular-wise this evening. As we mentioned, Maryland-Wisconsin, five-point line is what we, we came to on that one. 7 o'clock on Big Ten Network, followed by Indiana-Minnesota. Local teams in action tonight, um, all on the road. Loyola's at Lafayette at 7. UMBC is at NJIT at 7. Navy is at Bucknell at 7, all on ESPN+. The rest of the college basketball, find at glennclarkradio.com. ESPN, Net Sixers at 7.30. Grizzlies-Warriors at 10. And then the Australian Open women's semifinals, both overnight, which stinks. It's just the way it goes. Uh, but late tonight, 3 a.m. tomorrow for both of these. Elena Rabakina and Victoria Azarenka, Magdalenette and Arena Sabalenka, the Australian Open women's semifinals tonight. Overnight, again, 3 a.m. on ESPN. NBC Sports Washington, Wizards Rockets at 8, TNT, Rangers Maple Leafs at 7, Blue Jackets Oilers at 9.30, HBO Max for the friendly between Serbia and uh, the United States. I, they went Everything went HBO over to Max. Warner got the U.S. soccer rights. So some of them will be on TNT. It's like what CBS was doing where they were only putting some on Paramount Plus to try to get you to buy mm -hmm. Paramount Plus. H, uh, Warner's doing the same thing. Some of these matches will be on TNT. Others will be on HBO Max. This one tonight is on HBO Max against Serbia. 10 o'clock, Golf Channel for PGA, uh, round one of the Farmers Insurance Open. We were just talking about with Drew at 3 o'clock. TBS for AEW Dynamite at 8. Anything non-sports-wise? Yeah, I should have told Drew that Brett Goldstein's going to be on Stephen Colbert. Ah, yeah, wait, do we have, what's the date? Uh, I, don't, I, I haven't seen a date yet, I but I know. Ted Lasso. Be, yeah. What else would he be promoting, though? Um, is he he's in something? something. Yeah, he's oh, in something. He? I forget okay. what it is. Right. Shoot. Right. Uh, it, it still is. just says comes out it still just says spring. That's uh, all we're getting. Where's Brett Goldstein? Brett Goldstein. I'm trying to figure out what else he's coming in. Uh, yeah, something coming out this weekend. All right. Very good. I believe I forget what it is. Uh, 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 oh, uh, the shrinking show yes. on Apple yep. Plus. Yep. yep. Okay. Jason Siegel. Yep. Uh also tonight, uh celebrity name that tune is gonna be Tyron Woodley and Tiki Barber on Fox. Fine. <laughs> Uh, the NFL tailgate takedown is on the Food Network. That that show started also like two weeks fine. ago. It's got Vince Wilfork and uh, Eddie Jackson. Ian Rappaport's a judge. Who's Eddie Jackson? The Bears. Uh, oh, the Bears, safety. Yeah, my yeah, bad. Yeah, oh, my God. Safety. That is kind of embarrassing. Also, oh, I thought it was a former player. I'm like, what the, who the hell am I missing? Yeah. Um, new episode of Bad Batch, of course, the Star Wars show oh, on Disney+. Yeah, Plus. Yeah, yeah. And then this movie called Extraordinary is out on Hulu. You purposely not include, like, Abbott Elementary. It's a very popular show. It's on the thing. It's on but, the, but I, I, I would Actually, when I, I think there's a new episode tonight. Cause that, Why that's wouldn't there be a new episode tonight? For whatever reason, I didn't include it, so I think That's really that bizarre. Mean, yeah, there's not a new episode. Uh, but, yeah, Extraordinary is like a, this girl doesn't have a superpower in a world where everyone has superpowers. Like I got a bunch of things I got to catch up on because then yesterday I was hoping to catch up on other things and then I got the you catch uh, one Last of Us. 
no, I'm not. It's not. It's not my thing. Like oh, everybody, I know everybody's talent's good. It is good. It was a video game originally. Yeah, it was a video game originally. I mean, I maybe I'll look at it at some point. I just have other things that are higher on the list. Pedro Pascal, very that. good. I'm sure you're correct about that. Yeah. I, I I didn't play the video I, game. I watched I watched the 30 for 30 yesterday instead. Oh, right. That was that right. was what I did with my dad. Do I get so. like? Uh, I don't know the answer to that yet because I don't know if it's one of those ones that blows up after the first viewing of it. Like I don't mm. I just don't know the answer. It took by the way, old man Colson and I. It took us about an hour trying to figure out how to cast something to oh. this TV. <laughs> I finally, without his help, I finally figured it out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You felt fa- John's over there, like, over. oh, you gotta do. All you gotta do is uh, turn it on the laptop, and it'll be right there. Yeah, I, I got it. I figured it Good out. Good job. But I had to do it from my phone in uh, order to make it work, which is really quite awkward. But I did. I got it up on the uh, the TV screen. I felt I'm very, very proud of myself. I felt like I had accomplished something. It took me lost about thirty minutes of my day just trying to figure out how to get something up on a screen. Hell of a day. All right, very good. Uh, everything else is at glennclarkradio.com. Thanks today to Drew Forrester. Thanks also to Vinny Iyer. And thanks as well to Brian McFarlane. We'll get it all up in the greatest hits section of the... Oh, my God, it's so good. ...tab at glennclarkradio.com. Trey Mancini joins us tomorrow. Looking forward to that. Did we want to do... When do we want to do the pork and beans popsicles? I, it sort of depends on their availability. Right, okay. I'm just trying to find a way. Okay. We're not going to do more side bets, so, like, we can do it whenever we can do it. I would yeah. like to get everybody together. If we can't, we'll figure it out. Proctor's like, well, I can only do Fridays. I don't want to do it on Friday because Stan's here on Fridays. So we just got to figure out when. It, it can it can stew for a little while because we don't we're not going to have another side bet coming. But I do we will do it. I promise you, we're going to do it. It's just the last one that we have to pay off. Can't wait. Year. You're weirdly you have to do it too. I know. You I son know. of a bitch. You, me, Proctor, and Melissa. So we got to make that happen. Uh, but yeah, we'll do our picks for Championship Weekend tomorrow. Proctor's trying to play a game. Where he's telling me that he's he's already put in fact on the sheet that he is picking Cincinnati because he's trying to dupe me into picking Cincinnati so that he can switch it out for Kansas City when he emails you tonight <laughs> and make sure that like we've got to pick the different or he wants me to think that he's doing that like he's trying to go into mental warfare. I'm just going to pick who I think is going to win the games or cover. You know, like that's all I'm going to do. I'm you're you're not getting me involved with you this. You pick who wins or Probably. who covers. Well, the, the spreads are small, so yeah. I, I'm probably going to be picking who I think is going to win for the most part. Uh, although, didn't it flip? Isn't Cincinnati now favored? Yes, Cincinnati, they were one-and-a-half-point dogs, and then it flipped to, I think they might have been all the way down to two. I think they're back to one-and-a-half favorites. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, there were a lot of people. I think at some places they got down to two-and-a-half yesterday. Man. So, very interesting. Very interesting. All right, very good. Thanks to all them. Thanks to everybody at pre- What? I, I pull up the sheet and see John. Yeah, he's already put Cincinnati on there because he's playing a game. Like either he wants me to either do one of two things. He either wants me to think that that's really what he's doing, so ah, I'll just pick Cincinnati. All's good here. Or he wants me to think that way. It's it's a chess match for him, but I'm not getting involved. You're not duping me, man. I'm just gonna pick the game the way that I think I, it's gonna go. I'm not trying to pick like you. I'm just trying to pick a winner, baby. That's all I'm trying to do here. That's my thought process. All right, uh, thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, the Baltimore County Police Department, Problem Gambling, Royal Farms, the Costa Sin, Maryland Jockey Club, Great Eights Memorabilia, Maryland Vascular Specialist, UMBC Athletics, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great thir- Wednesday evening. Go Terps, go Loyola, go UMBC, go Navy. Duke sucks. <laughs>